Previously on the pod called Quest. So we're going to be stopping at the Ashenosuary on the way to the Dalai Necropolis because that's where the gin is, correct? So the next place kind of on your guys' stop that you would probably stop, it would be a number of days from now, would be Uzar. It's at the meeting of two different rivers. So shall we make our way? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. A number of hours into the day, once the sun is kind of at its apex, you actually notice what looks like very large footprints. Guys, over here, look. Oren, you hear, Hey, Tib, bring that one over to the fire. You hear another voice. Well, I wanted to eat the other one first. We're going to have to eat all of them. They're gnomes. How are we going to cook them? What's the plan? They have gnomes. We may be too late. We have to go now. You guys watch as this giant bends over and picks back up the gnome that he had before. Are you? Stop where you are or I'll kill the little fucking nag. Put your fucking weapons down. A is assessing the situation, so she's going to cast Spiked Pit on the guy that had the gnome initially. That's an eight. So you open up a pit right there and he just falls into it. All right, yeah, that giant's dead. A, you're over there and there's this gnome. One of you saved our lives. You're, you're the truest of heroes. Get your breath. We had just recently traveled from Alcazar. We are going down to Uzar and making our way to some of the trading grounds down in the desert. We are going to Uzar ourselves. Perhaps we can travel together for safety. Welcome to episode 19 of the Pod Called Quest. As per usual, I'm your friendly neighborhood game master, Josh. And I'm Stephanie. I'm Shane. I am Foz. I'm Laura. I'm David. So I'm really excited. Okay. Excited. <laughs> really, really excited. Yeah, you, you sound really excited. Dave. I am. What's going on, Foz? <laughs> I have unlocked the ability to go Super Saiyan while I lose a dream. Wait, what? The what? Fuck? You're going to have to explain that. I've done it three times in the last week. Wait, wait, wait. Break this down for us. <laughs> and it's the best. What the, I have to just go in. Uh, this is just a little peek behind the curtain. Sometimes after I do the little intro, I don't know what to say because I just haven't thought about it. And so I just asked everyone if they had something. And Foz said, oh, I got something. <laughs> That's what this is. <laughs> it is the best. So how do you do that? You're already blonde, though. It just gets blonder. I don't know. I I can't see myself. So basically, I'm in the dream, right? And it's last night. Somebody was mouthing off. (laughs) I was like, this guy's this motherfucker. What the fuck is he going to do? And I don't know what happens next. But he starts flying around and shooting lasers through through skyscrapers. And I get on my knees and I'm like, I've done this before. I can do it again. And I just clench my arms and I just go. And I start screaming, screaming while I'm on my knees. And all of a sudden I can just feel this power pulsing through me. I look down at my arms and they're like fucking yoked. And and I jump into the air and I can fly. And I, I just start attacking this guy. I got like laser beams coming out of my hands. Oh, what, what kind? What, what character from DBZ though? It's me. I am no, Super I know, Saiyan. What powers? No, you know they've got like the orbs or the fucking beams. It's or beams. Like the tri- no, you know, it's like beams. For the most part, do the same things in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. No, His character would be called just Foz. That sounds like a DBZ character, right? 
<laughs> oh yeah, serious. Foz. So excellent. You do I'd be Android sixty nine. <laughs> 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 Perfect. I am concerned though because when I woke up from my dream, my arms hurt so bad. <laughs> And my oh, jaw yeah. hurt, and I was sweating when I woke up. So oh, I don't know God. if it's healthy for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're going super sane in real life. I think so, too. Oh, you wake up, and you're feeling the after effects. It's, it's, like it's my honestly arms? the only explanation as to why you physically feel it outside true, of your dream. True. It now, is the only explanation. No, it's literally the only scientific explanation. Now yeah. you have to learn how to do it while you're awake. That's, and then that's you the next harness step. the true power. I agree. Bam. And people yeah. will so anyways. Yeah. More to come. Pause. I have. Yeah, keep us updated, please. I literally, I just have one word for you. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. This is really. No, I, I Yeah, like right this, is, this, this is, is fucking really, rad. Truly I, I was saying this earlier, but normally when I lucid dream, I realize I'm dreaming and then I go into this weird sleep paralysis state mm. and it turns into a nightmare. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And every single oh. time it happens like this. So this is the first time I'm actually like positive results are coming from it. Hey, and you can use this Super Saiyan thing to make sure that doesn't happen. It's like a positive. It's like, exactly. a, it's like a dream therapy thing. Exactly. It's almost just like, I like that. Yeah. this is my this Hold is my out. Yep. You're taking yeah, control your... of your dreams. I have always wanted to learn how to lucid dream. But the problem is, is I literally never dream. Yeah, I don't have dreams. No, everybody well, dreams. You just don't remember them. Yeah, okay. that's the thing. Your brain's always active. Well, that doesn't help me for lucid dreaming. Yeah, if of course. I, like for maybe I have been right. lucid dreaming this whole time and I just don't remember it you when probably, I wake up. Yeah, you could I mean, be. For all intents and purposes, you're not dreaming because if you don't remember them, they don't exist essentially. Yeah, for all. You right. Schrodinger's cat. That hurt my brain a little bit. I vivid dream. Like I don't think I'm dreaming, but they feel so real that later on in the day, I'll think it's a memory and I'll be like, wait, no, was that dream? Yeah, there Did have I been there have been times. This is this has come back to bite me in the ass when I didn't mm-hmm. do anything. Uh, yep. Dream Dream Josh has done terrible things, and Laura wakes up and she's really irritable with oh, me. Yeah. And I'll be yeah. like, "Hun, what? What it is? Feels really, what is really going real, on?" But I don't realize I'm dreaming at the time. Yeah, and you'll be like, to to be very frank, you'll be kind of shitty for a little while, <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually you'll come out and be like, "I had this dream. It was blah blah blah." And then I'll try to be like the good husband and be like, "Oh, hun, it's okay." And then also be like, "But also, this is super unfair." <laughs> <laughs> I was literally unconscious during this time. I had a dream after uh, an argument we had that I beat you up. (laughs) You've struck me multiple times in a row. Many times. I I wasn't even old enough to drink. Back then, yeah, we were. It was like ten years ago. You were just kids. <laughs> we were just horsing around. Yeah, the scrap day. When I, woke I think up, I, I felt really bad. I was like, I shouldn't have hit Josh. <laughs> oh wait, I wait. did. I did. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, you know, when your dreams and you're really slow, I was like, I wanted to swing at you, but my fist was really slow and <laughs> yes. I was too close. And you're like, did you just try to swing at me? And I was like, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh a nice save, buddy. Nice save. Oh, man. <laughs> That's hilarious. Anyway. So last episode, you guys left Alcazar for a little bit of conversation and you headed your way down towards Uzar uh, along the Imperial Plateau. Had a little run in with some hill giants. Ooh. Took them out real easy. Mm-hmm. Found some fun loot in a horde of theirs and rescued their captives, Salvador Bellavendrel and his assistants, Katarina and Alvaro. Three gnomes, traders from Ferenzia. And you guys decided after you were able to use the make whole wand that he actually had and gave to you guys to fix his cart, you guys were able to continue traveling southward towards Uzar. Yay. Oh, and you got the you got the red tallow for the 
for yeah. the polyculture. Yeah. Yeah. For the dragon. Yeah. Well, uh, we another do? one down. Um, yeah, we that's a, our first item off the list. So the search continues. There's something. There's I'm excited. One down. I already have some suspicions of where to get some of the other items. So I'm keeping an eye out for that. Cool. Good. Good. Yep. There's also some that I think are going to be um, like things we're going to have to specifically keep an eye out for that are going to be trickier, like things like phosphorus and mercury sulfide. Like, I don't think we're going to just naturally happen upon that. So we'll if have you to guys, go to a special place. For exactly. It. So yeah. if you guys think uh, like the opportunity might present itself that we're in a place that we could track someone down who has that you like, might oh an alchemy store <laughs> we should go in here an apothecary yeah. so yeah anyways um you guys are now traveling south towards uzar um i think i believe you have about three more days three four more days something like that and we're traveling with the gnomes still yes yes okay. yeah salvador and his his assistants excellent are going with you guys and so you can Friends. make better use of percy's ridiculous pavilion <laughs> um they can't sleep in there <laughs> Oh, come on. Oh, Percy, you know, he's a great guy. Hates gnomes. But uh, <laughs> just kidding. I have to say, in case he listens, that's a Chance Espinosa bit. That's a friend of mine, but just minus the gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, you guys have about three-ish, maybe three, four more days until you can get to Uzar. Anybody want to do anything in particular while we're um, traveling? Yeah, I think Isla's just trucking along. We're traveling near one of the rivers, right? Like we're kind of going alongside one of the rivers. You're currently traveling alongside kind of those hills off to the east. It's like your guys' left-hand side. I'm sure if you talk to Salvador, he can let you guys know a little bit more of the topography. Because he's a traveling trader, he knows the area pretty well. He's come through here before. So he probably informed you guys that if you travel another day or two along the hills here... um, You'll eventually meet uh, one of the southern branches of the river Bosk. Yeah. And if you can follow that along the way southwest towards Uzar, probably take you two or three days of travel along the river to get there. Right. Yeah, that sounds good. We do that. Mm -hmm. We do that. Okay. So you guys and the gnomes continue traveling south along the hills here. And eventually night begins to fall and you set up camp. Oren gets his two hours of rest while the tent gets put up and is then up and ready for watch. Um, anybody want to do anything before they bed down or are we just going to bed this day? Yeah, I think um, after we are um, after we set up the pavilion and um, hitch the horses to something nearby, give them some sort of rudimentary shelter, maybe in, at the edge of the pavilion or something. Sure. Uh, sure. Oren walks over to Salai and says, uh, you've been quiet since we left the city. Um... Sorry, I, um, just been thinking about a lot of things. Everything okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. It's, everything is fine. I'm gonna roll a sense motive on that. <laughs> Go for oh. it. <laughs> 24? Y- yeah, Sly's lying. <laughs> um, so before we get to bed or anything, he wants to have this conversation with her. He just says, uh, well, I, uh, I got you something. You got me something? You didn't, you didn't have to. I, I got something for everyone. Well, thank you. Uh, he pulls out of his pouch a very small book, and it's got like a, a lock on it. Mm. It's a traveling spell book, traveler spell book. Cute. And it's got a gold chain. That's so nice. A lariat. So it's like a, a spell book you could have, like, you could hold it in your hand and then have the chain hitched to like your belt or something. So you can't, like, so nobody could take it from you. It's for your spells, and uh, it's smaller, so it doesn't, it's not as heavy. Warren, thank you. I I really appreciate this. And it's got a chain, so you know it does it doesn't go anywhere. 
<laughs> Thanks. That's, that's really nice of you. Um, and I'm not going anywhere either. <sighs> and he puts his hand like firmly on your shoulder and then leaves. The first thing that goes through Salai's mind is, Claire's not use spellbooks. <laughs> I don't know that. Or does no, it's fine. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's adorable. That's super cute. That she can cuter. take notes on her spells in it. And maybe, because I think this could be fun, just throwing this out there. I've already homebrewed a bunch of other stuff. If anybody has like a cool idea for a spell, we could do some time. Oh. You could uh, do some research hmm. and a bunch of rolls. And over time, you might be able to uh, come up with a spell that does that. And we'll come up with it. Just wow. saying. Maybe she can start taking notes and figuring out things that she could, you know, make a spell with. So Noted. just saying for the casters, just saying. I've literally never thought about creating a spell. This opens up so many I haven't doors. either so until yeah, no. uh, he said that. <laughs> so excited now. Seriously. I'm going to think about this for the next month straight. Anyways, there's an adorable moment undermined by your GM talking about mechanics. Well, I'll go ahead and cap that off by saying that like after Oren leaves, Salai just kind of sits there and just stares at the spell book in her hands for a while. And one single tear falls down her cheek and she wipes it very quickly and pretends like nothing happened. So cute. The torbs. All right. And so you guys bed down and everything for expediency's sake. Because the encounter chance up here is so low for the table that I made. Pretty unlikely you guys ran into those giants, but you did. You guys have a nice three, four more days travel as you go down past the Pinion Hills in the east, all the way down alongside the river here. You guys eventually begin to see this kind of grand city rising up out of the high desert here. It looks to be set where these two rivers meet. And you can't make out a whole lot about it at the distance, but you can see there's a wall around the city and it looks like it's built up like right alongside the rivers. But what you can see, and I'm even gonna have you guys roll a perception check. It looks almost as if built out over the rivers, there is this massive green dome that stands this tall building with a few spires that come off of it in different directions. But otherwise it's like a large city with, um, you know, very varying sizes of buildings from what you can tell, but... Yeah, it's not nearly the size of our Mazdar, but you guys eventually make your way. Salvador is kind of getting antsy. Um, doesn't really want to be out on the road anymore, seeming as he was almost torn in half by hill giants. Very fair. Um, really wants to get inside some city walls. Yes, fair. Um, but eventually you guys make your way to these front gates. You can actually see a couple of these roads that lead off in other directions. There's a handful of different like caravans that come through here. You're starting to see a lot more people. Um, you guys aren't on a particular road at this point. Um, but you could see a bunch of people coming in and out of the gate. Um, the gates are open. They kind of just allow people right inside. The walls here are seemingly more decorative than they are functional. There's no ramparts. They don't look particularly tall, but they do have like beautiful paintings and script along each of them. Like they've been a lot of money has been spent on them. But as you come inside, you guys can see from the northern side, this dome at the far end of the city, the far southern side kind of dwarfs a lot of the rest of the city. Um, it looks like this huge, almost, it almost looks like a sports stadium, but imagine if a sports stadium was like twice as tall. So this huge dome all oh. made in, in green. You're not sure of the material, but it looks like it's, it doesn't look painted. It looks like it's made of some kind of gemstone. But there's plenty of different people here. There seems to be kind of um, like a certain set of clothing that you continue to see repeated by different people. There are these kind of, tightly fitting robes with these long green sashes. Different kinds of people have varying sizes of the sashes, like how wide they are, how long they are, and how much kind of accoutrement they have like along the edges. Uh, but you notice it is like a similar uniform amongst like young and old people. 
It's not everybody, but you see it often. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. Even like children? You do not see children wearing it. No. Okay, got it. Does it look like they're longer and wider on more of the elderly or it just varies? Roll a perception check, Percival. Okay. Natural one for a 19. Uh, at first you kind of are like, oh, it seems like the older folks have longer and wider green sashes. But then like, as soon as you think that, like a person, like a woman in her 20s, like walks by and has like a longer sash than anyone else you've seen. So you're like, oh, you're not sure. Got exactly. It. Does it look like a religious thing? Do you have knowledge of religion? I have sense motive. <laughs> it would be a knowledge religion thing if anybody wants to roll that. I'll roll that. The clerics got it. Oh, heck yeah. Um, That is a 32. Nice. 32. This is associated with no known religion. Cool. Okay. So, so you guys head on in and Salvador kind of, you know, says his goodbyes and everything. He heads off towards what he calls um Maserac. Um, if anybody has any questions about that, he says it's a school. And so okay. he heads towards the south. Um, to go do whatever he's going to do. Once again, thanks you guys profusely. They bid you all farewell and, and thank you, and they're on their way. All right. So where do you guys want to go? Uh, I mean, I want to go check out that big old tower. Or that, I mean, sorry, that big old sphere. Can we talk about why we're here? Before we head in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's essentially a rest stop. Yeah. You know, it's the next city on the stop. road. And then he mentioned it was like a like a school. There was a school here, right? Yeah, he mentioned it just now. And he said before, like, it's a... I think you guys might have actually maybe rolled something. It's like a... It's a... Yeah. I remember last episode we talked about it. I just didn't write it down. I don't remember if we rolled for it. Why don't I have somebody roll a knowledge local for me? I know you told us that it Got was... Got it. Yeah, I can give you some more, though. I only got a 28 knowledge local. 14. 28. Yeah, Uzar um, is a extremely old city. Um, mm -hmm. It has been around for a long time. There have been a number of very famous scholars, philosophers, and mages that have kind of honed their craft here. Okay. And many of them have founded one of the premier scientific and philosophical schools on this side of the world called Mazarak. Ooh. I'll say as we're walking, um, Isla's just kind of telling you guys all this stuff. Uh, you would know it is commonly, at least amongst the people who attend it or work there, it's commonly just called the Dome. The Dome. Yeah. That does sound like a sports oh, It's probably game. that big green building then. Yeah. So what do you guys want to do? I'm not very liquid right now. So I think I'm just waiting for input. Well, I mean, do you guys want to take advantage of the fact that there's all this knowledge in this city and see if we can find any information? Oh, and one more thing. I forgot to tell you guys this. Isla would know this. It is called the city of a thousand and one parchments. Got it. That's kind of its like subtitle. Uzar, Colin. I relay that. Um, I, I want to go look at that big green dome. I do too. I think maybe first, should we try to see if we can get a room for tonight? Yeah, it's probably a yeah. good idea. You know, if we're here, maybe we can find some information about any of those old legends, you know? Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Maybe we should ask around to see where the nearest inn would be. Isla rolls a diplomacy to gather information. <laughs> All right, there's my girl. <laughs> 18 plus 17. <laughs> 35. That 35. That one's a little easier. 35. Um, yeah, you are able to kind of flag down somebody and, and ask. You maybe find, like, there's probably some some vendors as you enter in, just as, like, any standard place where travelers come through. Yeah, they refer you. They, they, they say there's plenty of places to stay. Um, but for somewhere, for such a short time, just a quick little in and out, they actually point you towards the Empty Tome. It's on the southern side of the city. They say it's about uh, four blocks north of the dome. Sweet. 
Perfect. Then we can check out the dome after. Yeah. <laughs> they do mention, because you're all such a high diplomacy, if you're looking for anywhere that you want like good food or some like good drinks, they say it's it's could be a little exclusive, but you check out the Malachite room. Exclusive. Well, okay. They say it's the best food in the city. Well, all right. Bomb. Well, we are whatever they call Thanes. <laughs> of Aramis Dar, so they have to let us Every in. Every continent we've been on so far has honored us in some way or another. <laughs> no, so I think that we're pretty awesome. It almost seems like it was planned. Almost. Wow. Okay, so we head south to this empty tome, which hopefully isn't yeah. a trap of some kind. <laughs> what? It just sounds so scary. Empty tome. Not empty tomb. Empty tome. What's a tome? A like a big old book. Oh, I was thinking of a tomb. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Even an empty tome, like an empty book isn't a good thing either. She still yeah, it, but it, yeah. Anything in a place, empty is not In a place tomb. of learning, it's like a fun play on words. Yeah. You know? Got it. Okay, okay. Fair. Okay, so we go to the empty tome. <laughs> Which I now feel much better about. Oh, we've got to put our horses somewhere. We do that. We have horses? <laughs> so yeah, you guys are able to head down kind of towards where she directed you the empty tome was. Um, you probably are able with like the way Isla is, she's able to like ask folks like, where's this? Where's this? And some people are like, don't understand what you're saying. So folks only speak Carthen. You actually probably talk to some people who don't have Carthen accents. Um, there's people oh. seems kind of from all over the place here. Um, Interesting. And so you're able to like converse with all different kinds of people and you're eventually pointed towards this building kind of like sort of in a back alley. Like you go into this alley and you walk by some like doors that might lead to like side doors to houses, but you eventually, this alley stops. And so there's just a wall here and there's this nice kind of, you know, shapely door with some little accoutrement on it. And above it is sitting this, what looks to be like a sculpture of a book. And it looks as if there's a set of pages falling out of it and written along those pages in common is the empty tome. Sweet. All right. Oh, and I'm also assuming you guys like probably paid a stable to like hold your horses, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We definitely didn't forget about the horses. Just, just for the night. (laughs) Just for the night. Just for the night. Everybody mark off two silver. Okay. Heard. So you get horses stored in a nice stable. You make your way to the empty tome and you enter on in. All right. What do we see? Interestingly enough, um, this feels far more at home for all of you. This tavern feels more like a pub you would see back in Arden. It's not specifically out of place, but definitely feels a little more, we'll say, Western. The music that's playing is a little bit different than you guys have been hearing recently. And you can see most of the people in here all seem to be probably in their 20s or 30s, maybe a little bit older if you scant different people. But the majority of them are all wearing varying sizes of these sashes, these green sashes. And this is... Like essentially a tavern. Yeah, this well, you can tell this lower area has like a bunch of tables and there's like some bards playing in the corner. There's a bar on the far side and then next to the bar, there's a staircase that goes up and over it onto like a balcony and you can see there's like hallways and like doors that probably go into rooms and stuff. So. Awesome. I want one of those green sashes. I wonder why everyone wears them here. Maybe they're in school or something. Maybe. Is it a religious thing, Salai? Not from anything I know of. Hmm. Interesting. We'll have to ask someone. Maybe it's a sign of them all being virgins. I doubt it. So the longer the sashes are, that's that's how many years they've been a virgin? <laughs> so just, I just, just heard... A th- just a theory. Skelly just looks at Oren and goes, Is it just me? Is she getting weirder? <laughs> <laughs> he like kind of nods at Skelly like, and then hushes him with his hand. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Lai turns to 
Just like the first stranger. Um, hey, sorry, what what are all these green sashes about? Turning around, you see this this like younger kind of human guy. He's maybe in like his he's probably around your age, Delight. Like probably maybe he's twenty at most. He's got like this kind of little billy goat scruff on his chin. Um he's kinda of looks at you, he's holding like a tankard. What? This the sashes, everyone is wearing what are they? Oh these um these are um these are your years of study. Oh. Mm. So you go you go to the school. Mm, yeah, yeah, the dome. What are the different the different lengths and sizes? That's how long you've been studying? Oh, well, I, I don't know the exact measurements, but the longer the sash, essentially, the more years you've been there. And then once you graduate, you get any kind of... Uh, when you graduate, you um, you get the gold strip on the edge. And then if you become a master, you get the tassels. And then if you become one of the exemplars, you, you, you there's a lot of different things. Oh, okay. You can tell his sash only like... It's kind of like lopsided currently because it's just hanging around his neck. But it only comes down like six inches off of his shoulders. So you've just started? I've been there for like a year. Well, that's exciting. Do, do you like it? I, I was at school. I left, but um, maybe I'll go back. Probably probably not. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> it was good to meet you. <laughs> Make it yeah, okay. He turns around. He just like keeps drinking his ale. Just like kind of, he kind of hobbles away from you guys and like maybe almost like trips over a skeleton. He's like, oh, sorry, little green dude. And just like keeps walking and just like plops down to the table with some other folks. This place is a far cry from the shifting sandbar. Very. Yeah, it's actually nice. Well, I'm going to go see if I can get us some rooms. I like kind of goes over to the bar area. Okay. You go over and there is a um, a set of younger folks, uh, two women and, and, and one man. All look young. They're running this place. Um, and they're just like serving up drinks. They're kind of chatting to each other as you walk up. One of them glances at you and then continues like the conversation they're having. Um, uh. There's a, a few, maybe in a few minutes that go by. Someone finally goes, could I help you with something? Yeah, you could. Um, I'm looking to get a couple of rooms for the night. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, how many, uh, how many people you got? Six. She goes over and she opens up like a, a book and begins to like look through and she goes, yeah, yeah. How many rooms do you want? Two is probably fine. Two? Yeah, we, we got two. Uh, gold piece a night. Okay, thanks. And they book you up and get you guys keys. You guys are all good on that. You guys can notice there are students drinking here, but it's like midday. Hell yeah. It's a party, party school. school. Just like me, a rebel, right? Y- yeah. Is this UC Santa Barbara that we're at? <laughs> oh. Isla goes back to the group and tells them about the rooms and everything. Do we want to go, like, drop our stuff off? Let me go check out the dome. So you guys get all your stuff set up. You leave the tavern Mm -hmm. and make your way down towards the south towards this humongous dome. So as you get closer down there, you can see there are more and more of these people with these sashes. Uh, They seem to be kind of congregating in different areas. Um, It seems like everything is kind of built around and towards this huge structure. So you can see there is this long bridge that leads away from the city. And there's even like a set of docks and everything that kind of dock up to the rivers here. Look, they're built out as the river kind of runs past the two different ones. And the way the rivers converge here, they're wide enough to where it almost creates not like a lake, but the the convergence of the two, the river is very wide. So you can see built out over the river on these like stone pilings is this huge platform with this gigantic dome built on it. Like I said, like kind of like a sports stadium. And there's a couple different spires that come off of it in different directions. But you can see that there is actually like a, a courtyard built around where the bridge leads from the city to this school. And you can tell it's all actually fenced off. But different people come through. People with sashes 
seem not even to get questioned and they just come in and out. Uh, there are some guards here. You do recognize them. They seem to be Mezier Knights that have been sent to ah. um, this other city in the nation. So you could ride a boat through the river underneath the school? You could. I imagine that it would be well watched. How high up off the river is it? Uh, Probably about 20 feet. Oh, okay. So not a lot of big boats. No, you wouldn't drive like a ship, but you could like sail us. You could like bring a small boat oh, down cool. there, you know? A little rowboat or something. Yeah. And that's dope. Is there room to just avoid it completely or does it completely um, encompass the, where the, the sections of the rivers meet? It encompasses like the majority of it. Got it. And there's bridges like on all sides of it. No, there's just a bridge leading from the city to the school, just like it would be going from the south side of the city to the north side of the school. Cool. And this dome you guys can see is kind of glinting in the sunlight. It is made of some sort of semi-precious green stone. Can roll in knowledge nature on the stone? Sure. Alright. Uh, 26. As best you can tell, this is malachite. Ooh. That's so rad. Malachite's a really cool gem or stone. Um, Percy will turn to the group and... Oh, that stone is, is precious. It's very valuable. Really? Do, yeah. Um, do we want to try and get in there? I see some some Mezianites up ahead. Do you think they'll let us in with our with our Dawnbearer's rings? Maybe. Might as well check. Doesn't hurt to ask, right? Yes, go see. We walk up. So you guys go up and you end up like kind of amongst a set of these students as well as like some older folks that have much longer sashes are either very old students or faculty. And as you're all going through, the Mezionites kind of are not, like, they're barely looking at everybody. And as you walk through, as you guys can't really go unnoticed because of your tall friend, they're immediately like, um, excuse me, do you have, um, official business? No, we, we just want to check out the school. Um, it is not a tourist attraction, I apologize, but unless you have a sash or a writ from one of the faculty or the exemplars, then you are not allowed inside. We don't have one of those, but we do have these. You hold up your ring? Yeah. He looks at you and he goes, am I supposed to know what this is? This is a beautiful ring. I thought you would. I don't. It was given to us from the Hierarch. We're on official business from the Hierarch. We were hoping to see if we could gather some information. I'm sorry, but my orders are to keep anyone that isn't part of the school or has a writ out of the, the school. So I don't mean to call you a liar, but anyone could walk up here and say they are on a mission from the Hierarch. That's fair. Are there any Celestians in the city? Templars? Yes. I hope not. Oh. Who are your superiors? I mean, we we have our guard captain for the city. You don't have anyone who's in charge of the city? Oh, that would be the exemplary council of the school that are in the city. Ah, I see. Well, if you don't believe us, that's unfortunate, but we are on official business, and we don't have time to let you get in our way, I'm afraid. Sorry, but if I need to speak to a superior, I will. How would we go about getting over it? Right. I don't know how people get them. Folks, I am just a guard. I am here to keep people from coming in and out that shouldn't be. It's fine. We'll be on our way. We'll find it we'll find it out ourselves. Come on. Um excuse me, can I speak to a manager, please? <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a manager present? Salai whispers over. Guys, come on, we'll find another way. I'm not sure there is another way. Maybe we can find someone in the place we're staying that's like a teacher or something, or we, someone that can get us in. We did just make a friend who is heading on his way over here. Maybe we can track him down. Yeah. I don't know why we want to get in this place so bad. To see if there's any information. About what? We're on a wild goose chase over a, a vase with a gin in it. Maybe there's any information. I mean, everything we had traveled away with Kilgarin. They might know something about what happened to the Talamazars. They might know at least their history. They might know something about the Acropolis. 
They might know a lot of things. They most likely have a huge library, Oren. Yes, I understand, but this is a big city. I'm sure there could be another library not affiliated with this school. Well, we have a whole day to kill. We have a whole day to figure out how to get in. We have a Plus long... Plus the fact that it's exclusive makes me want to get in more. <laughs> and we have time to find someone to help us. At least a day. Right. Uh, is there an apothecary? Can I find out? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Just go ahead and, um, why don't... Perhaps you have knowledge local. Yeah. See if you know if there's one in the city or if you've heard of this one in the city. Sure don't. <laughs> What'd you roll? A one, but it's a uh, nine. Oh. Poop. Boom. Maybe we can just ask someone. Sure. You can do that if you guys want. I turn to the nearest passerby. Excuse me. You see, as you go by, there is a uh, a student, this young elven girl, and she's holding like a bunch of books and papers, and she's like, "I don't have time. I'm sorry." And she just like keeps walking past you. <laughs> People students. are seem to be hurriedly coming in and out of of this school. God's students. Any? Is there anyone else around? Perhaps. Roll a diplomacy. <laughs> a natural twenty for a thirty-seven. Have we ever talked about how well Laura rolls? <laughs> she, she rolls really well. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, critical threats all the time. Which is a 15 through 20, it's so that's still great. Like, yeah. It's, Yay. you know, the top 25 percent. Honestly, so. it's this new dice that I got. This one's been rolling really well for me. Yeah? Yes. Which one Thank is you, that? Eye Black. The one I Black. That's did. actually really funny because the one that I got, it wasn't from Eye Black, but mine rolls incredibly well, too. The one that I got from Twitch. So what was the total? 37. Uh, yeah, you're able to eventually find somebody and they point you towards, there is a small shop, kind of a, a little ways from here kind of halfway across the city. They do say that if you're looking for a real apothecary, there is a section of Maserok that exclusively oh, deals with alchemy ah! and the sciences. And so, I mean, you could buy stuff at the shop, but like essentially they, they say like, if you're really looking for the good shit, you got to be attending the school. We got to get into that fucking school. How do we enroll? <laughs> How do we enroll today? God damn. Okay. How far away is this stupid apothecary that we just... It's probably like a 25-minute walk, maybe a half-hour Maybe hour we walk. could just check it out, or is it not even worth it? What do you guys think? What are you trying to look for? Anything on the stuff list? Stuff from the list. Yeah, stuff from the list. There's one thing that says any apothecary worthy of the title should carry this as trade goods. Right. So you would assume even like a pretty basic one would have it, perhaps. Let's we could find, find out. out, yeah. Let's let's do it. Let's go. We go to the slightly lamer apothecary in the city. <laughs> So you travel over there, you see there's this small shop kind of uh, on the uh, eastern side of the street here. It's on the edge of like a like a, a T intersection and it just has a like a little engraved like potion bottle like, above the door. And you guys go inside and immediately you're kind of assaulted by the smell of like sage and it probably has like reminiscent of like patchouli. Patchouli. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely oh, like a patchouli yeah. smell. Um, yep. God. So when you enter in, you can see there are probably two patrons kind of like moseying around some of the like cases here and the shelving that has different little bubbles and vials and other little fun things. Uh, but you can see standing behind the counter currently uh, what looks to be like rearranging some of the different like flasks and everything that they have and some of the plants and everything is what looks to be a cat folk. Ah, yeah. well, Ooh. they're just knocking shit over. <laughs> yes. No, it's their shop. Cats don't fuck with their own things. Ugh. That's true. I wouldn't know. Excuse me. Before they actually turn around, you actually watch the ears on the back of the head prick up. <laughs> And you, you see they, they turn around and they're this female um, cat folk that has this almost like this tannish kind of fur with like black streaks in it. And they have these long whiskers and they have a what looks to be like a nose piercing and a chain that goes back to a piercing on their ear. Ooh. How punk. 
I turn around. Oh, please. Yes, come in. Thank you. We walk in further. So I like kind of looks around at all the shelves and then walks up to the cat folk. We're looking for a few specific items. Do you have a list? We do, in fact. She kind of looks at Salai. I hand over the list. If you happen to have anything on that list, we would be most grateful. She looks down at the list for a little bit, reads, looks up at you all, looks back at the list, puts it down on the table. What you're trying to make is quite a higher level of magic. What are you looking to do with it? I'm very interested. It's uh, for a friend. Yes, it is, actually. None of us are quite at this level. I feel like what you are doing is very unprofessional. It's my shop. Just sell us the shit, please. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) My concern this whole time, ever since that whole interaction, is that this dragon has some more nefarious uh, plans behind what he's having us do. So it's possible that if we can get some information from this cat folk about maybe what this actually is for, we have no idea what it's going to do. Yeah, I didn't lie. It is for a friend. And like we can play off that. We we actually don't know what it's for. I uh, I turned to her. What do you think it's for? Out of curiosity. It is a very powerful polymorph potion. This is not something I know... Really, anyone has been able to actually properly distill. I can't make it. These ingredients, though, they they are accurate for this potion, correct? Yes, the, uh, the marrow of a shape changer is standard. The odd thing, it looks as if you're trying to turn some sort of dragon kid or draconid into a human. Perfect, yes. Yes, that, that adds up. Technically, that is what we're trying to do. You're going to feed this to a dragon? Kill it and take its horde, is it? You look like adventurers. Oh, no, 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 no. It's more of a reversal than the polymorph. I'm not going to ask any more questions. <laughs> Your business is your own. Thank you. Um, I could sell you the Selendine. I only have it dried. I don't have any mandrake root. Does not grow on this side of the continent. Definitely don't have the parts of a dragon. Alchemical solvent, alkahest is easy to come by. Um, I don't carry cinnabar, but I can get you phosphorus. We'll take anything you have. Great. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, she goes over and she grabs like a bundle of this kind of four petaled like vibrant yellow flower that's been dried. So it's kind of like the color of it has been kind of faded a little bit. She puts it down. She says the Selendine will cost you five gold. The alchemical solvent will be 400 for a single vial. And the pure phosphorus, how much do you need? How much is standard for a potion like this? I've never brewed a potion like this. How much for a flask? That much? 200 gold. We'll take it. Should be sufficient, I hope. So, with this, let's make it an even 600. I'll give you the Selendine for free. Thanks. Wow, that's really kind of you. Thank it you. is only five gold. And I think uh, seeing this list was uh, worth the five gold. I'm glad you think so. So she goes and she grabs the Selendine, like I said. She grabs this kind of small little flask, this little vial. If you open it up, it has like some like reddish powder in it. Closes that up, hands it to you, and then goes and gets this um, bottle of this like very stark, like clear red fluid. She puts it down and she looks at you and goes, I don't know if any of you understand, but do not get this on your skin and please do not drink it. It will melt your insides and you will become a sack of fluid. Gross. Thank you for telling us. That's good to know. It is very dangerous. We appreciate your help. But it should do the job in order to melt down the, she grabs the list, the dragon scales. So. I see. Do you know if they would sell any of this stuff in the dome? Well, they don't sell anything in the dome. It's not a shop. But people use it to get things? The students? Uh, Sure. There is an entire school of alchemy there and uh, they do a good job. 
I don't want to talk about it. Sorry. Well, that was very helpful. So thank you. She said she doesn't want to talk about it? Yeah. Can I roll sense motive? Sure. It's uh, 21. Seems like she has some kind of history. She Eight. just seems like she's apprehensive to, you know, speak on that subject. You've been very helpful. Thank thank you. You're what, welcome. What was your name? Kajita has no name. My name is Jair. Thank you, Jair. Um, I have one more question before we leave. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know the best way to get to the Ashen Ossuary? You would probably want to follow the river down south. Eventually, it falls down the plateau. Uh, go to Peregrine Falls, and you should find a way down. And then just travel to the east. And there's a way to get across the river, it seems? You'll see it when you get there. Well, thank you. You've, you've been very helpful. I appreciate it. Thank you for a custom. We leave, and we get into the school. <laughs> just kidding. I'm obsessed. <laughs> we break in. I mean, we made a huge dent in this list. Just we really shop. did. That's did. Awesome. You got yourselves phosphorus, celandine, and the alchemical solvent. Let's go find a dragon. <laughs> Foz is Percy skeptical of the dragon or is Foz skeptical of Foz the... is skeptical of Okay. No, not skeptical, just questioning. Okay. Questioning. Okay. I think that's safe. Maybe we should go check out the um the place with the food. The Malachite room. Yeah, let's do that. Perhaps we should go get some grub and make some friends. Maybe they can tell us things about the school. So you guys head out from uh, Jair's Apothecary. Uh, where do you want to go now? We head to the Malachite room. Okay. Yeah, you're able to... Uh, I, I don't even know why I have your role diplomacies anymore. Um, but yeah, you're able to basically <laughs> gather some information from people. This is a little more simple. This place is a little more famous. Uh, and you eventually come upon this building that kind of stands by itself in the city. And it is also domed in the same stone Malachite. Um, the building itself is made from what looks to be like a, a different set of like like architectural materials than the rest of the buildings here. And it's got this kind of wide courtyard around the outside of it. That's all fenced off. There is a gate that is open, uh, but there is a closed door, uh, a double door right at the front of it. Imagine you guys walk up. Mm-hmm. So as you guys come inside, it's like very sort of hoity-toity in here. You immediately come in and there is the very sudden smell of like oak and like old parchment and like hard alcohol. And you come in and you see there are all of these very nice booths along the edges. And then there's this large table at the center, all lined with these big chairs, all upholstered in green. And up all around the edge of this inner room, it looks like it's one big room. There you can see a couple different hallways that lead back behind, probably where the actual like kitchen and stuff uh, works. All around here, there are just portraits of all these various people, all of them wearing the uniform with the sashes. The sashes they have are super elaborate. And then there is one person up at the very back with the largest portrait. Um, It is this woman who has the same robes as everybody else, but they are all in green. She's not wearing a sash. It's just her entire set of robes are all in green with these different embroideries on it. She's got uh, a deep colored skin. She's got her hair kind of tucked back behind her ears. Very stoic looking because it's a portrait. Hers is just the biggest portrait on the wall. Is she human? Uh, she appears to be human, yes. She looks she's like from around here? Uh, she probably, you can make the assumption, she looks vaguely Carthine, yeah, maybe. Cool. But you come in and you can see there are a number of different people. Every single person in here has like a sash on and that the uniform and they all seem to be of older age uh, save for about three people at one booth all look to be on the younger side of things but they all have like the same ornate sashes and they're all sitting in another booth kind of off to themselves and there is currently no one sitting at these chairs in the center around this table is there a reserved sign on the table no because i always fuck that up Or you don't care. I just don't see the sign. And I'm like, oh, no, there is, there isn't one. Okay. I'll just say. But you come in and immediately they're kind of like 
a couple of the younger folks kind of look at you guys and give you like a weird like what the fuck i flip them off i'm just kidding uh, but then they just kind of go back to like their food and their drinks the other folks like they don't even turn around to look and see who came in period well fine you do see a few seconds after you guys stand there you see through one of the hallways comes a server dressed in like a very kind of nice cropped tunic that is a very similar color to the Malachite that makes the dome here and at uh, Mazarok. And so they come through, they have like a tray on on one hand and they uh, push around a corner and they kind of look at you guys and like continue walking and give you like an odd look and they go and they serve out um, some of these people who don't even make like a notice of them. And they kind of tuck the tray under their arm and they walk over and, hello, you want to have a seat? Is, is anywhere okay or? Um, technically, save for the, the large table at the center, but um, we just don't often get people that aren't from the school. Um, there's no rule, but uh, here, c- come with me. So he leads you over and he sets you down kind of near some of the younger folks, but kind of off to the side a little bit, sets you down, takes some drink orders from you guys, eventually comes back and kind of lays out some ale and maybe like Percy probably asked for whiskey as per usual. And he says, um, well, I've been Domin. If you need me, um, I'll be around. So what's the table for? The, the large one at the center? Yes. Um, It's only used primarily for the exemplary council's meetings here. And uh, forgive me, who is who is that? Um, The exemplary council. The, they're both the leaders of the faculty of the school and the council who decides what happens here in Uzar. I see. I'm sorry to berate you, but one more question. Yes? Who's that? Percy points to the uh, the woman in green. Oh, that is a that's Masuda Gomar. She is the exemplary chancellor of the school, and she still presides over that seat. Yes, yes. They get these portraits done whenever the council cycles in and out, but she's been presiding over it for fifteen years now. Thank you. I apologize. Is this just a, a restaurant for the school? We were told that this was the place to come. Not technically. He kind of like leans in. So the original owners, they thought that the whole school thing would be like a good gimmick to get ah. the people in. It's part of the city. It's you know, kind of in vogue, I guess, at the time. Mm-hmm. It kind of became an, ex- an unofficial exclusive place. He like leans even further in. You all seem like nice types. Um, A lot of the people here are snobs. A lot of oh, the professors. So I'm not going to tell you you can't sit here because you're more than welcome. And we'll serve you anything you want. Just don't be surprised if... You have an interesting interaction, all six. Thank you. I appreciate that. Domin, was it? Domin, yes. Gives you like a like a little flourishy bow and then walks away from the table. And goes back. To her, he hurries back to the back. I'm excited for these interesting interactions. I feel very uncomfortable right now. I'm starting to get an idea of what this city is all about. You know what? Maybe we'll make a friend out of it and we can get in. If anyone can make a friend out of the situation, you can, Salai. I'll give him my best shot. So if we are still bent on trying to get into the dome... Maybe we start with buying drinks for these people. I don't know. Possibly. Now I'm starting to wonder if we got into the school, how easy it would be to get any information at all. Unless we were to make friends with one of the faculty. We're only here for a day, so I don't know how much time we can devote to it, but... It's true. I'm willing to follow your lead. I'm just so curious what's going on in that dome, but I'm starting to wonder if it's a little out of reach. Look, I think we give it our best shot for the day that we're here, and if we can't make it happen, we move along. But we at least try while we're here, right? It's not the end of the world if we can't get in. doesn't really matter. just wouldn't hurt to have a little extra information. Anything that can give us an edge ahead of Kilgarren. And A looks at everyone and she says, These people never leave town. Probably never leave the school. These scholastic elitists probably are in need of a good story. Offer them something. What are you thinking, eh? 
Drunk students aren't easy to manipulate and honestly tell them a bit about ourselves. We're a bit exciting at times. Are you suggesting we go talk to them or wait for them to come to us? Intrigue them with our stories, maybe. I think we should wait for them to come to us, right? From what the waiter said, it sounds like they might. I just think that we should let this be on their terms, force anything on them and they might push us away. It's very strange coming from Oromazdar where the arcane was not as common. It seems like over here it is more accepted. Hmm. Yeah, it seems like we stick out like a sore thumb anyway, so... That's a given. Surely we'll interact with someone at some point. We could always talk to them about the dirge. Well, let's not lead with that. (laughs) Perhaps not. Let's just wait for one of them to come to us and we write out the conversation naturally and see where it takes us. We don't really know much about them, so it's hard to tell what's going to speak to them. So maybe we should just try and get to know them. You know what? I have an idea. Mm. Orn walks over to the table with the eldest looking people. Oh, Lord. Okay. So I just looks very wide-eyed like, oh, no, 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 no. You just walk over. <laughs> oh, Lord. Your big old feet. Yeah, I'll leave a healthy distance, a respectable distance between myself and the table. So you walk over and you can see there are uh, three men and, and one woman sitting there. Two of them look Carthine. One of them is a human man. Uh, he looks like a man that if he wasn't living in Carthar, would be rather pale. And he's gray hair and he's got kind of like a, a long beard that's like tied into a knot. And you see... Uh, one gentleman is a like long, long-haired, very pink-skinned elf with just jet black eyes. The, the whole eye is black. Cool. Ooh, that's rad. Damn. Or walks to the table, uh, still standing, obviously. He says, uh, "Excuse me for my interruption. My name is Orin Gravespain, Aegis of the Rune Wardens, Thane of Ragel, and Champion of Ragel. I was hoping you could help me with something." They kind of stare at you for a minute. A few of them kind of look at the older gentleman with the kind of like long beard tied in a knot. And he kind of raises his eyes up to you. Yes. Could you tell me what this is? And he pulls out a runestone from his bag. I've had it for like two years. The fuck? Kind of looks at the other ones. Hands it over to the elf. The elf looks at it. Like peers at it really closely. It's a piece of corundum. What is that type of stone? It's not in its purest form, but most people would refer to it as ruby. Ah. The markings here, they're not in any script or runic language that I understand. I got it from a uh, fairy dragon. Does this... You received a piece of corundum from a fairy dragon. A very long time ago, yes. What could it mean? Or is it Fairy dragons you? are tricky fellas. They enjoy playing their games with humanoid folk. So it looks like you got duped. I mean, it cost me nothing. Well, that's good. Any other questions before we can get back to our food and drinks? So it's nothing. Well, corundum can be made into things, but as far as I know, there's nothing about it that's special. Interesting. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, sorry guys, I've been wanting to find that out for like two years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you know. I'm so glad that you found out that it was virtually worthless. I'm just going to put shitty ruby. (laughs) I will say corundum's not worthless. No, it's not. Yeah. It could be used for other things, it sounds like, but currently it's not worth, it's not anything you could use. Shitty ruby? Or or the value of it isn't monetary. Ah. Just because something's not monetarily valuable or magical doesn't mean it might not be valuable. Yeah. Makes sense. So we sit and we probably order some food. We like hang out with our Mm -hmm. drinks and we just chat and maybe wait to see if anyone talks to us. Percy probably gets a little bit too loud for the environment. (laughs) Most likely, yes. As you kind of like a couple of times you get loud, you guys definitely notice like the table definitely looks over at you guys. And if it happens like more than once, you hear kind of this lower elderly voice just, 
I thought this was a peaceful establishment. <laughs> Fuck. I hate these crotch Food. And you actually hear there's some there's some snickering and some whispers coming from the younger table after that happens. You actually, uh, somebody leans around the booth and kind of looks over towards, probably catches whoever's eye. I will just say Percy's that happens to be looking that direction. Uh, it's a woman, like really deep skin and her hair pulled back into this braid that kind of comes down her shoulder. And Percy, roll a perception check. Giving you the eye. 33. 33. The first thing you can see, she has tiny horns that come out from her forehead. Ooh. And she has really uh, interesting eyes. There's no irises. There's just the pupil. But the other part of the perception check, you can just barely make out. She lips the words to you. Don't worry about them. They're old. <laughs> and then turns back around. Ooh, she per- likes you. Percy smiles really big. <laughs> Percy? Percy thinks she's flirting. Um, what are you going to say, Ella? <laughs> Ella kind of looks at Percy. Percy, are you blushing? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. What do you mean? <laughs> What's wrong? She yeah. looks over at the other table. <laughs> Nothing. Don't, don't look over there. Don't. <laughs> No, Don't none of them are looking. You do you do notice the one of the people facing in your direction in their booth does kind of like glance over at you looking around and then like looks back. You're embarrassing me. Stop. So like, so like at first he's saying, Don't look. So I was like, Don't look where? And just <laughs> completely turns around. Percy starts to slide down underneath the table. Okay, we continue to just eat and laugh at Percy <laughs> for the rest of the time. Percy, I think at one point will get up. After a couple drinks, he'll uh, muster some courage mm. and walk over to the table. He'll uh, kind of he'll turn to the group and be like, I'll be right back and gets up and uh, goes over to the table. OK, you walk over there. You can see there are three people sitting there. There is uh, two women and one man. They all look probably maybe in their 20s or 30s. Um, there is the woman you saw before that has the slight horns growing out of her kind of the upper forehead, almost disguised in her hair. She's got the very stark pupils. The man is a human and the woman is a half orc. Um, hello. <laughs> hello. I'm Percival Newcomb at your service. Kind of gives a, a slight bow. She kind of glances at the other two and the guy goes, what kinds of um, uh, services you, uh, you give? Well, the, uh, root and shooting. The rootin' tootin' shootin' kind. And he uh, pulls his duster aside and shows the uh, firearm. Are you going to hold up the fucking restaurant? Come on, I'm just... You ask what I do and I show you what I do. All right, Percival Newcomb, what do you want? Well, me and my friends, we're here for pleasure. We're in for the night. and um, But a few of my friends are very interested in uh, the dome. It gives air quotes. I am interested as well. I have a, a devil in alchemy. And we were wondering if there's any way that maybe we could take a tour or something or get invited in some way. It was kind of a a pause and the woman with the horns uh, kind of glances at the other two and there's not really a word said, but you can tell there's kind of like some like body. There's some body movements like a shrug or like a different things. The woman speaks up. Tell you what, you scratch our backs, we'll scratch yours. I got sharp nails, so that works out. That's not what I meant. (laughs) What would you like? Here, have a seat. And she scoots down. I imagine the camera pans around. Hell yeah. The whole booth, like your guys' whole booth is like peering around the edge. We're literally Piled on staring. top of each other. Like, Percy gives like a in thumb. a cartoon, like in a Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Some of us yeah. are very scared. And you sit down. Oren takes the mirror out of Sly's bag and tries to like use it to leap, look over the table. No, I'm just kidding. So you sit down and the woman looks at you. She goes, so as you can tell, this place has gotten a bit stuck up its own ass recently. I guess we should introduce ourselves. I'm Obella. My friend here is Osric, and this is Tiz. 
I don't know if you understand the uniform, but we're all professors of something or other at Mazarak. So are those old farts across the way. Right. Those four are the worst. I can tell. They don't like us young people having the same status as them. They don't enjoy us being here because apparently we haven't earned it. Now, we can't do anything about this. Our hands are tied because a professor has to keep up some sort of um, recognition or a code in some way. But you're not a professor. Right. At least you don't look like one. No, I'm definitely not. <laughs> no, of course, of course. <laughs> and Osric speeds up. So what we want you to do, I don't know, make make things difficult for them. Why don't you take this, and he like pulls out this little vial, sets it down. Why don't you get this into their food? We'll have a little bit of a show. All right. What is it? Something fun I cooked up. Okay. <laughs> oh, shit. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> How deliciously oh. vague. <laughs> Can't wait. I'll see what I can do. All right. Oh, if you can only get one of them, because we understand, this is difficult, and it's fine. Get the old man with the beard. That's Professor Bosch Amigdi. He's the professor of archival affairs, and he's in charge of overlooking each New Year's Encyclopedia Maxima Mundi. And let's just say that our newer department didn't get the credit it deserves. I'll see what I can do. And then uh, Percy will glance over to the table. Where is he sitting in the booth? He's on like an aisle seat. Perfect. Ask Skelly to do it. Is Skelly with us? He's always with us. I assume so. Yep. Okay. Percy will tip his hat, walk back over to his friend's table. Um, He'll sit back down in the booth and he's going to pop the cork on the alchemical substance. And can I roll a craft alchemy? Yeah. Give a little smell. Yeah. Sure. Go for it. Mm. It's a 32. 32. Based off the smell, um, you're not going to get definite details, but it definitely has a very pungent smell, almost like a swampy kind of smell to it. Um, and with your alchemy check, just kind of like, a, I don't know how this works based on you smelling it, but for mechanic wise, it's definitely some form of transmutation. Uh-oh. Transmutation? Yeah, serious. I was like, will it fucking kill him? Like, shit. I think we should do it. Um, Percy will put the uh, put the vial in his hand uncorked and in his other hand he'll grab one of the uh flagons of ale and he's gonna start walking over towards the table and uh he's gonna he's gonna stumble a little bit purposefully okay on his way over there for that roll a bluff check oh my god Mm. 18 okay and then what do you do he makes his way over the table hey hey guys the um bearded gentleman as you know is now professor amigdi yes uh, how's everyone's evening? It was better. <laughs> better when? Moments ago. What I miss? That's the point. <laughs> you missed it. Oh, right. In fact, this particular merriment we were having is only available when you miss it. Well, this, this can't mean. Yes, it is. What are you trying to say? Looks over at, like, the elf. I'm just, I'm just fine with you. Oh, well, so what do you all what do you all do here? And Percy will um, kind of pour his beer into the professor's lap, and at the same time, he's going to roll a sleight of hand to dump the vial into the food. Oh fuck yeah! Okay, so holy shit! That's I great. want you to roll a bluff check first for you, like not being so obvious that it was purposeful that you throw this ale into his lap. Keep in mind, do I get a bonus because I'm actually a little tipsy? I'll keep it in mind, bruh. Bruh. It's a 15 for bluff. 
Okay, and then give me a sleight of hand. <sighs> Come on, baby. It's a natural one. Yes. What's the total? 15. 15. All right. It's not terrible. So you go and you like, you're talking to them and you're like, oh, oh, and you like dump the beer right into his lap. You think he did a pretty okay job, like bluffing that. And then as you do it, you go and you take the vial and you kind of slip it into it. It looks like he has this, almost like this stew with like a salad on the side. And so you go for the stew, because obviously. And you go ahead and do it. Um, roll a perception check to see if you notice anyone else noticing. Ooh, oh no. That's a 30. 30. Um, as you do that, and as you kind of stumble backwards, imagine you're like, oh, sorry, sorry. You happen to look up, and the elf is just staring daggers at you. He has a <laughs> smirk on his face, but he's looking right at you with his just all black eyes. The um, professor is just... Oh, this is why you rabble needs to stay out in the street. I'm so sorry, sir. I'm so sorry. Just, just leave. Leave server. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And Percy starts to, uh, to back away to his friend's table. And it, he turns like he does a 180 and turns and he looks at the table with the other professors, the younger professors. He gives a long... <laughs> puts the uh, sign across his neck like, no go, no go. <laughs> I will say you got it in. Right. Yeah. But you don't know. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> Damn it. But we will see. So you go back to the table. You sit down for a bit. You guys can see this is kind of this commotion. The server comes over and tries to like, clean up the mess. And like Bosch like, is all pissed. But he sits down and like continues eating his food. And you don't see any particular words exchanged. Oh, my God. Percy, probably about 10 minutes later, you just hear a voice in your head. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'll give you this. You were rather stealthy about all that, but um, I'm rather curious. What do you, some traveler, have against Professor Migdi? What in the world could you be trying to do to him? I'll say this. Nod your head once if this will kill him. Nod your head twice if it won't. Percy nods his head twice. Good. I hope it's at least funny. <laughs> Percy nods his head once. So. Oh my God. You guys, if Percy, if you look over there, you can see the elf is kind of leaning back on the booth, like half sideways with his fingers kind of steepled. And is just kind of intricately watching everything happening at the table. There's even a point where you guys can see where Bosch is just like, this stew is dreadful. Server. Server comes out and one of the other person reaches across and goes, it can't be that bad. And takes like a bit of it. No. Uh-oh. And goes and gets some of it. And they're like, Bosch, you're getting old. It's not that bad. The server eventually comes out and gets them a new stew and everything. Um, you guys continue to talk and hang out. And about 20 minutes later, you hear like a crash of a bowl. Oh, no. And you can see Bosch is like half leaning on the table and kind of stands up and he's like, oh. And you can see the elf is just like leaning on his fingertips currently. <laughs> just watching it happen with this wry smile on his face. What an asshole. And Bosch kind of like falls forward onto his knees. He's like this elderly man with like kind of like a little pot belly and he's like falling down. He's just, oh, oh. And you see him, he just pukes up this horrible amount oh, of bile. Oh, gross. And I mean, it's just, oh, God. And you see like his arms start to twist and like turn like in on himself. And you watch his legs start to like move and crumble down. And he's just screaming horribly. Oh, my God. And you watch as the other person, holy um, shit. One of the humans, one of the car, one of the Carthine people fall over and the same thing happens. And they start to <laughs> squirm and this, all this horrible wreck. And he watches their body slowly shrinks down and their clothes stay the same until it looks like their body is no longer there. And then a few moments later, you almost see like this like this like thumping inside the clothing. What? 
Marthy, what did you do? I don't know. Isla is wide-eyed, horrified, looking at this. Don't look. Don't look at him. I think Oren's like looking like he probably stands up. He's like, what the fuck just happened? Because like, he just sees these two people vomit and then turn to nothing. Is everyone else at the restaurant staring as well? It is like silence in here. There's probably like a number of like the restaurant staff has come out and they're like, don't know what to do. The elf has just scooted to the end of the booth and is just kind of staring at these clothes. And you can see every once in a while a little bit of the clothes like move. The other older professor is just like freaking out and just like doesn't know what to do and is like just standing there kind of shocked. And if you guys look, you can actually see the set of uh, younger folks are all just sitting at the table just with grins on their face, not even trying to hide it, but just looking at this. And you guys watch as one of the servers comes over and like begins to move some of the clothing. You watch as just two little toads just hop out. <gasps> little toads. And they're just plopping around. <laughs> just plopping around. Just like hopping around, these little like frogs, toads, or whatever. Oh my god! And they're just hopping around. They look like they're kind of slipping around on their feet and everything, like as if they're not used to this. But it seems as if whatever that was that Percy gave them turned these two asshole professors into frogs. Yes. (laughs) Damn. Percy will turn to the younger table and give them a little wink. (laughs) Uh, Obella gives you like a sly little wink. Percy winks with both eyes. There's probably a bit of a commotion and the elf and the other professor eventually like gather up some of the clothing. The one professor is still freaked out, but the elf is just like, it's fine. He asks for like a bowl with a lid (laughs) and says like, he'll pay, you know, just give it to him. He'll pay for it. And they take this, they run around, they kind of eventually scoop up the frogs. The, the elf actually, you watch him kind of like flutter his fingers and he just points a finger at one of the frogs and immediately just like, just like stops moving. And he just like just like motions it over there and plops it down into the bowl. They put a lid onto it and you can hear like and they gather things up and they just leave the tavern. Like the one the one professor is like freaking out. Like what do we do? I don't understand. This is insane. What happened? It's just totally oblivious. They rolled very poor on all of their checks. I had different D20s for each one of the professors. They rolled that one rolled really bad. Yes. The elves rolled rocks the whole time. So um but they just hurry out. Um they're eventually gonna be, they're gonna be naked. they're gonna be naked thank you for sharing that out loud you're welcome you do see there are some words exchanged um from the professor that's like freaking out with the wait staff saying like you're gonna fucking hear about this like something you guys did and so i'll say you maybe accomplished your goal but you might have gotten some servers in trouble oh no some some chefs in trouble yeah let's Eh. just tip them wrong good as a communist, Oren is devastated. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, Obella just comes over and stands over by your guys' table. Well, that went well. Yeah, what did you think? Good stuff, huh? Thanks for the, the I volume. mean, it was obvious that the elf, Professor Ovio, was obviously in on it, but he seemed okay with it. We assumed so. He's maybe a prick, but he's a prick to everyone. Yeah, he was speaking in my head. He does that. You must really hate that guy. Yes. Yes, I do. I'm sorry. These are my friends. This is A, this is Isla, Oren, and Salai. Nice to meet you. And I'm Skelly every fucking time. That's just Skelly. Keeps guzzling the ale. <laughs> Skelly's head pops above the table. He's got a booster seat. <laughs> oh, how cute. Adorable. It's a pleasure to meet you all. I'm Professor Obella Jovar. I am the uh, head faculty at the Ocularium inside the dome. Um... Percival, you said you wanted some sort of favor? Yeah, I mean, me and my friends really want to get in to see the dome and kind of check out, kind of check things out. I think it's possible we could work that out. It's definitely something we could do, yes. 
maybe give us a writ, I guess is the is the term. We could just accompany you. Oh, that'd be great. That would be wonderful. I would love that. I may not have the respect of my colleagues, at least the ones from the other uh, areas of the school, but the guards will do as I say. The sash speaks for me. Right. Great. Well, there you go, guys. Um, when when can we go, or when should we go? Well, today's not the best. We have to leave here, and I have a lecture to teach, and then it will be late. So, possibly in the morning? Bright and early? Sure. Let's First, leave. we have to leave tomorrow. Yeah, we'll leave. We'll, we'll get up bright and early. We'll, we'll check out the, the dome, and we'll be on our way. We can leave right after. I don't have classes until... 10 or 11 in the morning, and I'd be willing to show up early for how amazing that that site was. <laughs> it was really good. It was great. It, and don't worry, he'll. both of them will be back to their normal forms and won't be eating flies anymore uh, tomorrow. Also, it's great with uh, transmutation, especially of the alchemical variety. So, Well, great. There were a couple of reasons we wanted to see your campus. It was uh, firstly for any writing you may have on the history of the Olvani Elves. Well, um, I can't necessarily grant you access to other areas of the dome, but for the ocularium, I mean, we might have a few things on the Olivani, but they they weren't particularly known as cultists, generally. They're Gosra worshippers, um, primary. Gosra. Yes, god of nature, the storm, the seas, skies, all that. Interesting. Would you have any information on old folklore? Yes, that's what we... Um, that's what we specialize most, mostly in the ocularium. I mean, particularly pertaining to the occult. So mm. that'll be great. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think we all are. Definitely. This one is rather excitable. Yeah, oh, I, I, I like learning things. Good. She's the scholar of the group, as you can probably tell. Yes, definitely. Do you all have time for another round? We actually should be going. My lecture starts in about twenty minutes. So. What, what is it on, if I may ask? Today I have second years, and I'm actually doing a uh, joint course currently with Osric, and so he's particularly a professor of cryptozoology and xenochemistry, and so a lot of the strange creatures that exist on the outer realms have an effect on many cult worshippers, and so um, we're trying to teach the students how best to evaluate eyewitness accounts on what is actually real and what cults are completely make-believe, or at least believe in make-believe creatures. Because as multitudinous as the many strange creatures that live here and on other planes, we're still very good at making up fake ones. Hmm, very interesting. That sounds fascinating. I don't... Or or rather pedantic, to be honest. Not my favorite class to teach. Good luck. We'll we'll see you in the morning. Yes, um, let one of the guards know to call on me. Yes, if if you give them my name, they should come and get me. We look forward to it. Uh, as you, you watch uh, the two other people come up, there's the half-orc woman, Tiz, and Osric. Osric comes over and he says, Well, if any of you are interested, um, we're actually um, doing some good research into um, some of the interesting creatures of the region currently, seeing how to uh, use some of their um, parts to make some interesting uh, concoctions. So, Like what? You mean like what creatures? And what concoctions? Oh, everything. Dragons? I'll do everything. No dragons, we don't have those. We caught something big recently. Hired some mercenaries to get it alive. It's good. I'll leave it as a surprise. Come uh, swing by my area of the ocularium and uh, I'll show it to you. Don't worry, it's safe. It's um, We've got it, um, well, to be honest, it's pumped full of narcotics. It's asleep. You mean tonight or tomorrow? Tomorrow, when you come by to see um, my palo Bella. She'll show you around. We're all, we're all in the same vicinity. 
Sounds great. We will do that. Good. Well, we've got to be off. Tears, you coming with? She's like, yeah. And they walk off and leave the tavern. Fucking cool. Damn. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I want to know what it is. As soon as those professors leave the bar, Orn leads in really close to the table and says, they studied the occult. That means they must know something about the dirge, right? That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, I guess they have to. This is not just happenstance. I mean, it's quite the coincidence, don't you think? Do you think it's a good or bad one? It could be a trap, but I doubt it. We asked about the Olivoni elves, but the fire worshippers are a different sect. I think they are an occult version of the Olivoni elves, the ones that were at the Acropolis. So we are definitely in the right direction. I'm just saying, if they study the occult, they will know something about the dirt. Either way, they know a hell of a lot more than we do, obviously. So this is a good thing. Yes, I agree. Friends in high places, I guess. Definitely. Good move, Percy. Thanks. I thought I fucked it up. Good job, Percy. That was very well done. I was a little worried, but you pulled it off. I was a little too tipsy to try and pull a stone like that, but I guess it worked out. It somehow worked in your favor. Yep. Can I have everybody roll a perception check? The waiter's listening in to our conversation. (laughs) About us talking about doing it. So I rolled a 26. It's going to be a 14 for Oren. 31 for Percy. 18 for Isla. And 21 for A. Okay, so pretty much everybody. You guys begin to hear, like, yelling and screaming outside. You begin to hear shouts and what sounds like lots of footfalls. Something is going on outside. There's, like, a loud commotion. Do you guys hear that? We should go check it out. Isla gets up immediately. Start running out. We all run out the door. I throw some gold on the table behind my back <laughs> as I run out. I imagine Percy runs and he's like, oh, oh, shit. Gonna reach into this thing and just... <laughs> um, Orn didn't hear shit. So he's like halfway through a beer just like trying to chug it. Just like... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you guys push the doors open and you run out past like where this little, this little courtyard is on the outside of uh, the Malachite room. And you can see there are people just sprinting down the street. Um... From the northern side down towards where the dome is, because this is relatively close to uh, the river where the the dome is set. And you can see people are just running and screaming. You can see there's a a person that gets is getting pulled by another person. And you can see they're currently part of their face is melted off and they're just running. And there's people just like shouting and screaming. What do you guys do? What the fuck? Um, Oh, sorry. You do it. (laughs) Salai immediately grabs Percy and uses a dimensional hop to get on top of one of the roofs nearby. Nice. Okay, cool. You grab Percy and you appear up on this on this roof, the one next door to the Malachite room, and you can see a ton of people running down the street this direction. Go ahead and roll a perception check to see if you can make out anything that's going on. So I got 20. 20? 22. 22. You guys can make out what looks like small skittering shapes running through the crowd, and it almost looks like there might be some other motion happening way further down this street. There looks to be like something skittering in and out of people's feet. What should we do? We gotta get to them. All right. We can help. Well, um, you you get the others. Bye. Okay. <laughs> they jump off the roof. <laughs> All I, right. I, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't really matter because she's gonna use it anyways. But that's Percy's style. Hops off. It's like thirty feet up. Take three points of damage. Cool. Percy hops down thirty feet. Lands nicely. So I was like, uh, uh, okay, okay. I just dimensional hop back down. Yeah. So I'll say for the up and the down, you've used sixty feet for the day. I use sixty. You have used sixty. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Percy jumps down. Sly, you're able to use uh, dimensional hop to get back down to your friends. 
Percy just takes off running, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And the light turns everyone. There's something small skittering around over there. People are running and screaming. We have to go help. What? Like, come on. Let's go. Isla pulls out her rapier and starts running in that direction. So you guys start running down this direction. You like there's moments where you're like bumping into people who are just trying to push past you and just get like down the street. So there's almost the times you probably almost get knocked over. You probably see another person. It looks like they have um this big bite mark across their face. And they're just being like, they're just staggering forward. And you can tell like the, the bite mark is like almost cauterized. Ooh. And you can tell like people are just injured and there's people that are like bloody. And there's like, uh. there you even probably see like, there's probably like a young kid like running around, like screaming for its mother. And just like, there's, it's just chaos in here right now. So you run through and you eventually get to where there's a lot more people. And you guys can all see these tiny insectoid creatures running around people's feet. And they're like, they don't look like they're immediately attacking anybody. But anytime anyone like tries, like gets in their way or anything like that, like they're either leaping at them and biting them or there's some form of like like spittle that gets thrown onto these people and so they're all just like running past and running past so as you guys are kind of running through all these different people and these insectoids start to get closer to you guys and people are pushing past for this we're gonna roll initiative right after the break gross i'm gonna roll now fuck it (laughs) no yeah might as well i wish i waited Hey there, my dear sweet listeners. It's your boy and friendly neighborhood game master, Josh. Thank you all so much for listening to the pod called Quest. It is windy as hell here in Orange County. Probably my least favorite kind of weather. And really one of the main things helping me meet that joy quota for the week is seeing all of you guys talking about the show on Twitter and Instagram. So if you want to continue to bring your little buddy a little happiness... Just keep doing all that. You can always drop us a line over on social media or shoot us any questions you may have over to contact at podcalledquest.com. So just this week, we started posting some preview pictures of some wonderful art we recently got done. We've got shots of all the player characters done by our dear friend, Rosie Sinner, and we got some of our important non-player characters done by the great Irene Campos. Please, please show them some love on social media. You can find links to all their stuff over on podcalledquest.com slash friends. All right, so a little Patreon housekeeping to take care of, everybody. So, I mentioned last week that we finally recorded the first episode of our new monthly commentary podcast, Meridian Monthly, where we're covering episodes 0 through 18. We're super stoked for you guys to hear it and enjoy Shane, Foz, and I just kind of shooting the shit and discussing the show a bit more in depth. That episode originally was slotted to release this week before the end of the month, but the life of a GM gets busy and we will be releasing the first episode of Meridian Monthly next week, Wednesday, November 6th, alongside November episode of Outtake 20, our bloopers and outtakes show. So if you want to get in on the new show, plus our other Patreon-only content, hop on over to patreon.com slash podcalledquest and become one of our 5 or $10 donors. As always, folks, go check out podcalledquest.com. Check out the maps and the homebrew content. We should have a totally revamped character section with the new art sometime near the end of the next week. So jump on over there and make the guy who works on and builds our website feel good about himself. Because it's me. The guy who does that is me. A very special shout out to Larian Studios and Sirenscape for the amazing sound effects and music. And if you're interested in checking out some of the other composers and music we use on the show, you can find all of them linked in our episode description. Okay, that's it for me this week, folks. A bit of a short one, so let's jump back into the show. Once again, thank you so much for listening and a huge special thanks to all of our patrons. We will see all of you next week, Friday, November 8th. Wow, it's already November. Friday, November 8th for episode 20. Have a great weekend, everybody. All right, guys. Let's roll some initiative. Oh, shit.
<laughs> All right. Initiatives Isla. 20. Salai. 17. Scalers. 15. Icy. 10. Ooh. Yep. Well. <laughs> A. 18. Oren. Four. So. As you guys are running down this street, kind of moving in and out of the crowd, you guys can see these small insectoid creatures, multiple legs, some antenna, some pinchers on the front, and you can see the back of their bodies have this, like, bulbous kind of, like, sack that almost has this slight, not glowing, but you can almost, it has, like, a transparency to it, or you can see it almost has this, like, neon green coloring to it, and there's a bunch of them skittering in and out of people's feet. Gross. We should I will say the minis I have are just a bunch of insect minis I have that are the right size. I don't have like the exact thing, so don't run off this too much. And there's some different kinds of minis in here, so they're all the same. Small size? Technically, yeah. I mean, the miniatures aren't exact. They're right. medium, but it's one square. Right. So. Oh, God. I hate these because they are the size of actual spiders I've seen. Yeah. And they make oh. me want to vomit. There's just too many of them. This is what happens when you're too good at painting. They just look real. All right. Top of the round. Isla. Okay. Well, I'm going to try to get right up by where Percy is, I think. Okay. And there's a little bug guy right there. Isn't right there? up alongside him. You want to attack the bug? I think, yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to be running, try to get up to Percy. I'm going to see this bug coming toward me. I'm just going to take a stab at it. So here I go. One attack. Well, I'm not going to say anything about whether that was good or not, because Josh will get upset. Uh, that is a 24 to hit. Uh, that is a hit. Nice. Yay! All right, I'm going to roll. What am I? That is 22 points of damage. All right, 22 points of damage. So you l- run forward, get up right next to Percy, and you take a stab at this thing. You gut it right as it's kind of like rearing up to like move away from you, and you pull your rapier out, and you watch it fall to the ground and begin to like kind of heave and everything, and you watch the bulbous sack at the back of it start to like heave, and you watch this thing just explode. Roll a reflex save. Oh my god. No. no. 17. Uh, That's a success. So. I rolled a natural two, guys. Not surprised. I had a a feeling that was low. Oh, almost maximum, but it'll be half. So, uh, eight points of acid damage. Wow. Uh. So yeah, you watch this thing, like, the back bulbous end of it starts to, like, move and shake and bulge, and it just explodes in this nasty, acidic mess, and some of it gets on you. You're able to move out of the way of, the, of most of it, but a lot of it sticks to you, and you can feel it burn as it touches part of your skin. It's pretty gross. Yeah, I was just, ugh, like, just, is so grossed out right now. And burning. And burning as well. All right, next up is A. Okay, so it will move forward. Uh, how far? Just to the other side of Orin. Okay, you move up next to Orin. And A will do a quick motion with her hands and cast Scorching Ray on the, the little fat booty next close to her. And then uh, she'll channel one of the other rays at the other fat booty right there where, where Shane's pointing. Yes, so just kind of northwest of that one. Yeah, you can hit both. They are going to get an AC bonus because there's a person between you and the further one. That's fine. They'll just get a, um, mm-hmm. like a plus two to their AC. Um, Alright, go ahead and roll um, two ranged touch attacks. Mm-hmm. It'll be it's your bab and your dex. So it's a plus seven. So for one of them it's a 19 plus seven, so 26. Okay, and, that's a hit. And the other one's a 17. Total? Yeah. It exactly hits their touch AC. Yes. Oh, wow. nice. Wait. 
The second roll gets a plus two bonus because of the cover. Yes. Second one is a miss. True. Okay. I had just said that. So That's it would just true. hit the first one. So the one on the front will get hit with 46. Cool. So that is 18 damage. So A, you reach your hand out and you um, make this like sign in the air and you hold your two fingers out and cast these two rays. Uh, one of them, you have to, at the last second, just kind of move it over to the to the one side to not hit the person. You just barely miss. It slams into like one of the brick walls behind it. The other ray courses at this strange insectoid creature right at the front, slams into it, and you watch as the fire just rolls over this thing and you watch it flop to the side and begins to like, and just explodes. Um, just, just smattering the bystander that is currently running by it with this stuff. You watch as this person just gets all of this horrible acid and ichor thrown at them, and they're just, and they fall down to the ground, not moving. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh. Well, <laughs> collateral damage. Guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that <one>. Oh no! <laughs> oh was this god. a child or a person? It was uh, adultish. It looked it like an, an orphan. Okay, <laughs> it was just an urchin. You can tell their face was that of an orphan. All right, nah, no one cares, right? <laughs> so that's a move and a standard. It is now Salai's turn. Salai is going to move up right behind Orin. Uh, and is going to cast protection from energy and touch um, herself and the three people in front of her. So Skelly, Orin, and A. Nice. Are you doing communal? I mean, this is... That's oh. no, two different spells. Protection from energy is one person. I misunderstood. Uh, I'll go ahead and cast it on Orin. Uh, so protection from energy. So um, you now gain temporary immunity to acid damage. Holy shit. Um, nice. What? Immunity? Yeah, it lasts temporary immunity, for yes. her for it lasts it, uh, for 90 minutes. And you basically tick down. Um, it's 12 points per caster level. So that is 108 points. You just get like a pool of 108 points. And every time you take acid damage, you just tick down that pool. Oh my that God. Works. So fucking thank you. And then once that's out, then the spell is discharged. All right. Got it. So yeah, for 90 minutes, a long time. All right. That's a move and a standard. Up next is Skelly. Skelly looks up at Salai, buffing Orin a little bit enviously. Skelly is going to attempt to hide amongst the bodies or detritus in the street. Well, I will say like people are running past like what you're seeing on the board isn't stationary. He's like a little guy, though. So like, sure. Roll a stealth check. Okay. Oh, 46. Okay. Keep a mental note of that. Yes. All right. Um, where does he want to move? He's going to move towards the, the one closest to you. I can't. Um, the one right there. Yeah. I, I, can he get there in 40 feet? The one a little bit in front of Percy and Isla? Yeah. Can he get there in 40 feet? Is that close enough? Yes, he can. Apparently. Awesome. He's like ducking. I picture him ducking in and out of people's feet, like between their legs, just like yeah, running super fast. He's going to give it a little stabby stab. All right. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, yeah, uh, 15. That is a miss. All right, that's his turn. That's his turn. Damn. He rolled a three. Oh, scaly. Okay, he got a good stealth check. That is true. Percy, you're up. Uh, Percy, seeing these uh, creatures explode, dealing damage to his friends, uh, he is not going to shoot at the one next to the skelly. He's going to aim a little bit to the right and start to unleash a full attack action. Uh, before that, he's going to spend a grip point to enact knowledge's power and give himself frost and fire to his firearm. And... You're firing at the one to the right of Skelly? Yeah, am I close enough? No, I'm not, huh? 
It's a little bit out of your range. If you want to hit by touch AC. Um, yeah, I'm just going to start shooting regular AC. I mean, you could take a five foot step and you would be within range of it, like diagonally. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Cool. Five foot step. Uh, full attack action. Yep. All right. Roll your first attack. Cool. Rapid shot two. Yep. All right. First one is a 20 to touch. Uh, that's a hit. Okay. Roll for damage. It's going to be 20 points of piercing and bludgeoning to fire for frost. All right. You fire at this thing and it, it sails into the, between the cracks in this thing's carapace. And you watch this thing scuttle forward and tumble over itself. And you watch the bulging back end of it just. The person next to it just almost gets immolated by the acid. Oh, damn. Uh, you can change targets. Yeah. I'm going to shoot the one um, a little bit further back. Yeah. In front of me. That's a 23. 23 hits. Roll for damage. So 15 points of piercing and bludgeoning, 8 points of energy. All right. Once again, as this bullet sails into this thing, it goes in and you watch this thing just once again, just explode all around it with acidic ichor. Oh, yikes. Seeing the mayhem I've caused against a civilian, I'm going to hold my last shot because all the other creatures are near civilian targets. Okay. You're going to end your forward action? Yep. Cool. All right. That is the end of your turn. It is these little bug guys' turn. Oh, shit. You guys notice, as you're seeing them, none of them are directly attacking anybody unless those people get directly in their way. Um, And even then, they're generally skittering in and out of people's feet. They seem to be charging down the street in a very deliberate fashion. So they're maybe running away from something, too. Almost definitely. I am afraid. This first one by Skelly is going to start to run forward. He can make an attack of opportunity if he would like to. I don't think he would because of the proximity of that civilian. It's your choice. Yeah, he's not going to take it. Okay. And he's uh, he still thinks he's hidden, so he's not going to compromise that. For sure. Isla, it also skitters by you. You can also make an attack of opportunity if you would like to. Let's do it. All right. Oh, yeah. Natural 20, baby. All right. Critical threat. Roll to confirm. That is a 31 to confirm. That confirms. Roll yes. for damage. Oh, yeah. Are we doing crit deck? We are. (gasps) (laughs) Normal damage and 1d2 con damage. Tenacious wound. Target does not heal this damage naturally. Well, okay. Great. What's your damage? Not double, right? Normal damage? Normal damage. Uh, 22 points of damage. 22 points. The con damage doesn't matter. As you stab at this thing as it runs by, as it's next to you, you watch it as it's kind of falling forward. It explodes. Please roll a reflex save. Oh, God. 27. 27. You save, so you'll take half damage. Six points of acid damage. So they all start charging forward. Another one runs by you, Isla. You have combat reflexes. You can take another attack if you want to. I think I will forgo it, because I realize how easy they are to kill, and I think Isla would be like, why am I wasting my time with this? All right, that is the end of their turn. Orin, you're up. All right. Orin is going to move up to almost where Percy is. There's a bystander near Percy next to the bug. There's a bug next, right next to Percy. Yep. He's going to get diagonal. To that one is going to make an attack at the one further from Percy. Okay, so the one that probably won't splatter him. Correct. All right, go for it. Thanks, buddy. You got it. Uh, 26. That hits. Roll for damage. All right. Yes. Uh, 21 points of damage. 21 points. Yes. So you slash down through this thing. You watch, as you've seen a couple times before, just this explosion. I still need you to roll a reflex save, even though you're immune to acid. All right. Damn. 12. That's a failure. So, take down 11 points of your protection from energy. All right. You are also nauseated for one round. Ah. So you can only take a move action on your next turn. Okay. Well, crap. Oh, God. That sucked. Warren is so grossed out by these things. 
as this acid splatters on you, some of it gets on your face and gets onto you, and it's just disgusting. It smells horrible, and so it makes you, like, heave and get a little sick. Ooh. At the end of the round, the bystanders are going to move. Ah, very clever. My God. So as the bystanders are all running past you guys, you actually can see it looks like there is a more dense group coming forward down the way. And at the start of the turn, everyone roll a perception check. Oh, no. Salai? 17. Oren? 23. Percy? 23. Isla? 26. And A? 18. Okay, so Isla, Percy, and Oren, as you guys are all standing there watching this group of people, you can see a set of much larger creatures charging their way down through this causeway. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Holy shit. They are much larger. They are much larger. So at the top of the round, it's Isla's turn. Okay, what I'm going to do is try to get up as close to this bug, the one in the front, as the I can. The one in the very front, closest to you? Um, can I get all the way up to it? Uh, it doesn't look like it. Let's see. Okay, as close as I can. You're about uh, 15 feet from it. That's okay. I will ready in action. If it gets in my threatened square, I will attack it. Okay, cool. That's it. Remember that. Yep. All right, it is these creatures' turn, the new ones on the field. Ah! Once again, you guys see they don't seem to be going after anyone. They are sprinting down the street past all of you. What the fuck? Even they are? Yes. What the frick? There's something even worse? (laughs) And with their size, they're just pushing through the bystanders, so they're not affected by them. But we'll see if uh, any of y'all want to make an attack on them. Oh, my God. So they all move forward. Isla, you're going to get your held action triggered by the one in the center. So you can go ahead and make your attack if you would like to. All right, I'll go ahead and do it. Why not? That is a 32 hits. That is a hit. Excellent. Max damage. That is 25 points of damage. 25 points. Wow. Although I think maybe attacking these things is also pretty futile. And also its movement would provoke from Skelly. If Skelly wants to make an attack of opportunity. The big one. The big one, yeah. Um, you know what? I don't think he would. I think he's too smart for that. Okay. All right. That is the end of their turn. It is now A's turn. Okay. A will move over to the NPC closest to her. Okay. Like, uh, to her left, I think, right? Yeah. 10 feet. And she will, you know, attempt to be like, what are you running from? Okay. You say this. And because the way the rounds work, mm-hmm. this person just runs past you. Okay. Like, they're not literally standing there because, like, yeah. this is all in motion. Yeah. But they just, the way the initiative works, you guys just move quicker than them. So that person is gone as you say that. Damn. As a free action, that's fine. You just, you, you, have, you still have your turn. But yeah, that person would just be there for a moment because they would tear past you. So A will dimension door on the side of this cute ass house. So you're going to dimension door like all the way to the far side of the battle map, essentially, right? Not not far, but I want to be like near a structure enough in case I need to take cover or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And then she would like to see what she can see. Uh, roll a perception check. It's a 25. 25. You see a huge crowd of people tearing down the street, people screaming, people are trying to take cover along buildings as this is happening. You can see more shapes that aren't humans moving through the crowd. You don't see any like big hulking thing or something like that, but you see like more shapes that vaguely based on their movements kind of look like the ones you've already been fighting. Insectoid types. Possibly. Okay, yeah. okay cool. No worries. Okay. Mm. Well then she'll, yeah, she'll, she'll stay posted up and 
watch as the chaos ensues. Uh, also, if you would like to, you can roll Knowledge Arcana, because no one tried to roll Knowledge Checks on the first round. Oh, I was going to do that on my next turn. Arcana, huh? Okay. Arcana, you say? Not bad. I mean, I know what the minis are. I don't know if that's what they represent. That's a 27 for Knowledge Arcana. 27, yes. Both of these creatures are different forms of uncakes. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Hmm. They are insectoid creatures. Uh, let me actually double check the exact DC so you know how much you can learn about them. Bozzy knew. Okay, so with your check, you'll get like three pieces of useful information. Let me see. Um, the big ones can spit acid. 30-foot line. The little ones explode and do 3d6 worth of acid damage, half on a successful reflex save. And if you fail on reflex save, you're nauseated for a round. Um, Other than that, uh, they both can burrow pretty quick. They can actually burrow faster than they can run. That's not good. They burrow into your brain. That's gross. Uh, This isn't the Wrath of Khan. All right. (laughs) At the end of Ace's turn because of the dimension door, it is now Salai's turn. Okay. I am going to go right up behind Percy and I'm going to use Touch of Good, which will give you a plus four to your attack rolls, saving rolls, abilities, skills. It's a sacred bonus. Okay. Dope. Sick. Sweet. So movement in a standard. That's end of turn. It's Skelly. He's going to run up to get closer to where A is on the side of that building. He probably won't be able to get all the way to A, but he'll be hugging the wall. He's just going to try to stay hidden. Roll stealth check. No, he'll just move once. Uh, Still trying to stay hidden. All right, give me that stealth check. 34. 34. He's got his daggers out. He's waiting for something to happen. All right. End of Skelly's turn. Percy, you're up. Percy's going to make a full attack action at the on keg just to his left. That's running by him. The... uh, the full grown on keg. Okay, go for it. First attack is a 21 to touch. That's a hit. 18 points of piercing and bludgeoning and 12 points of energy. All right, you turn around, you whip around, you fire at this thing, and you just blow its head off. Sweet. It is gone. Oh, hell, hell yeah. yeah. Percy. Okay, I'll switch my target to the adult on keg to my right. Okay. On the far side. Don't forget your plus four. That's a 18 to touch. That's a hit. How long does that last? Just this round. It's going to be 20 points of piercing and bludgeoning and eight points of energy. Okay. Still alive? It's still up. Cool. Uh, I'll make my last attack against it. Oh, good. 25 to touch. That's a hit. All right. 15 points of piercing and bludgeoning, five points of energy. Still up. Mm. Wow. Yep. Wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Crazy. Still up. Alrighty. Crazy town. And that's my turn. All right, end of Percy's turn. The little ones are up. They're all going to scurry forward. All right, as they all move forward, um, Orin, two of them will provoke attacks of opportunity against you. Uh, I looked up the rule. You can't take attacks of opportunity when you're nauseated. All right, you uh-huh. are nauseated for this turn. Yep. How honest of you. Thanks. Well done. How noble. Well, that's the end of their turn. It's not Orin's turn. You can just take a move action. All right. He's going to spend this turn. Vomiting. He's going to move up, making his way through the crowd, just walking up and probably coughing in his elbow. He's going to go, he's going to go, we'll say 35 feet forward. That's fine. All right. You run through this thing's threatened area and it doesn't attack you. Cool. It just comes, it's just like skittering on the ground and it's just moving through people and you just run past it and it just whips past you. You might even get like, you catch like an antenna on the side of the head. And that is your turn. It is the bystander's turn. So on the bystanders' turn, a bunch of them continue charging down the street past you guys, bumping into a few of you, and you watch as the crowd is almost feels like it's getting denser on the backside. Top of this turn, every roll perception check. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lordy. 
Salai. 27. And 7. Oren. 23. Percy. 21. Isla. 31. And A. 19. Uh, yeah, everyone is able to see, just a couple you see a little bit better. You watch as there's some large shape moving through the crowd. You can see two large antenna rising up from its head, two black bulbous eyes on either side. You actually look and you, for a moment, your, I think your eyes deceive you, but you see it's bipedal and it is running through the crowd. What the f- Coming towards you. That's a fucking nightmare. I don't like that. It's a mutant. Nightmare fuel. Oh my God. Ooh. Oh my God. He looks really cool, though. This has now entered the scene, and they'll now be a part of the initiative order. Great. For Salai and Isla, you two actually notice two other smaller creatures run onto the scene. At first, you're like, oh, it's more the little dudes. But they look different. They have the bulbous thing on the back end of them, but they look a little larger and a little skitterier. That makes any sense. Uh, and they also run up as well. Ew. I hate this. Okay, this is my fucking nightmare. Ugh, this is an actual nightmare right now. Top of the round. Isla, you're up. Okay, I want to make my way up to this big boy, but I want to stay five or er, uh, ten feet away from it. Or five feet away from it? Okay, I will allow you to roll an acrobatics check to move through the bystander square currently. It'll just cost you two bits of movement. So oh, go goodness. roll an acrobatics check. Okay. You'll probably auto-pass it, but still got to roll. 25. 25, yeah. So it'll cost you uh, two squares of movement, but you're able to move past that bystander. You're just able to slide between the two of them. Great. The closest you can get to it is about 10 feet away. In a single move. A single move, yes. I'm going to use my Swordmaster's Flare. Uh-huh. Is it a swift action? I get one freebie. It's No, but what's uh, the action? Oh. Swift action. So it's a swift. Okay, cool. So you move up, swift action, and then you can go ahead and make one single attack on this thing. Great. Gross Gumby arms. <laughs> okay, here I go. Critical threat. Yeah. What's the total? 38. That's a hit. Go ahead and roll to confirm. 29 to confirm. That's a confirmed critical. Yes. Are we going to do that sweet, sweet crit deck? Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Nicked an artery. Normal damage and 2d6 bleed. Oh. Really good. Nice. <laughs> okay. Artery. Let's roll some damage. Oh yeah. Twenty-four points of damage, baby. Oh hell yeah. Alright, and it'll take the two to six bleed damage at the start of its turn. That's the end of yours. It is now the Oncake's turn. The two remaining large size Oncakes just charge forward at a double move. And now it is the two new little guys' turn. Ugh. What the hell? They're going to each double move forward. It's a total with a double move of 80 feet. Uh, one of them will provoke an attack of opportunity from Isla. Okay, sure. Let's do it. Here I go. 22 to hit. That is a miss. Ooh. Sorry. One of them also ran by Skelly to see one second attack of opportunity. Yep. All right, go for it. Even lower. That's a miss. Damn. Guys, I don't think we're supposed to let these people go by us. I didn't, I didn't want to. That's what? the end of their turn. Hey, you're up. You guys really don't think these insects need to be running past us or what? I just... Uh, you don't like the idea that we're just letting them run by us? Yeah. I, I mean, they're, they're going somewhere. It's going to bite us in the ass somehow. Yeah. But they don't pose a threat right now, which is unusual. Well, to us, they could be going somewhere else. I think we worry about the big guy and we go after the other ones later. I mean, at this point, it's really all we can do. Yeah. A will stay where she's at. Okay. And she will cast greater invisibility on herself. Okay. Nice. She'll remain where she's at and just try to see what she can see. Okay. You turn invisible and you're waiting around to see what's coming down the street next. It is now the big boy's turn. This thing is going to run forward and not game mechanics charge, but like it's just 
charging down, mowing down these people, running in a straight line. Oh my god. Are they dead? No. I mean, they're NPCs. They got really low HP. There's a bunch of people getting run over by this guy currently. Isla and Orin, you're both going to get attacks of opportunity. Go ahead and both roll those. Yay. Isla? 31 to hit. That's a hit. Orin? 22. That's a miss. That is 21 points of damage. All right, you're able to pierce partway through this thing's chitinous shell. Oren, you swing wide and you you rake it across the um, the carapace of this thing and it just like comes right off. You don't really get any actual purchase with your blade. Um, as it charges forward, it is going to move its full double move and go 80 feet, which means it's going to overrun both Percy and Salai. So for the overrun of Percy... That is a 31 against CMD. That uh, succeeds. Uh, what is your CMD? 27. 27. So you are not knocked prone because it didn't succeed by more than five. Salai, that is a 28 against CMD. Yes, and it. I am prone now. What is your CMD? 20. 20? Okay, so it pushes past Percy and then knocks Salai prone, but it will continue moving. So this hulking insectoid just runs past Orin and Isla. Isla gets an attack off on it. Orin hits the thing, but it rakes off of its shell. And this thing pushes past Percy and knocks over Salai as it's just barreling 80 feet down the road in its double move. Oh, yikes. Uh, Not a double move. Excuse me. A charge, because then it wouldn't be allowed. All right. That's the end of its turn. Salai, you're up. I can still, just to double check, when I'm prone, I can still cast spells without any. Okay, great. Yeah, no difference. Excellent. I love that. So... Salai is going to... Mm, I don't think that's going to help right now. Switching tactics. Um, Salai is going to cast Flame Strike on the big dude. Flame Strike. Ooh. All right. What's the save? That is a reflex save. All right. Reflex save. That is a 17. Uh, No, that does not pass. Okay, cool. Uh, roll your damage. Okay. Hell yes. Get it, girl. She can't even hold that many in her <laughs> stupid little hands. Okay, <laughs> Shane. Why are you? Why are you mad? Why are you mad? We're bro? on the same side. <laughs> okay. Oh shit! Are you kidding me? It's not great, but there's that's some... actually pretty average. Yeah, twenty-nine points of damage. Twenty-nine points of fire damage. Nice. All right. Are you gonna like get up or anything? Yeah, I'm gonna use my move action to get up. All right. End of Salai's turn. It's Skelly. Skelly. It's Skelly. <laughs> All right. Can we say he's next to a building? Is that a building? Yeah, he would yeah. be next to a building. All right. He's going to attempt to climb up the side of the building. Oh, my God. Okay. Roll a climb check. All right. For the little green guy. 13? Uh, yeah. It's like a DC 10 for a rough wall. Cool. Sweet. I think he can move quarter speed, so 10 feet. Yeah, he goes quarter speed, so you can go 10 feet up the wall, yeah. Can you do that again? Uh, sure. You want me to roll again? It's fine. It's just do it for the round. It's okay. Treat uh, it like swimming. All right, he's going to go up 20 feet. Mm-hmm. Just going to hopefully stay hidden, see if he could see anything else from up there. All right. Cool. We need to stop them. Percy, you're up. Percy's going to turn around, uh, look in all directions. Hey, we need black tentacles or something. And then he's going to turn and shoot at the big boy. This is last shot in his chamber of his pepper box. It's going to be 21 to touch. That's a hit. Roll for damage. It's going to be 22 points of piercing and bludgeoning and six points of energy. All right. And then he's going to use his move action to uh, rapid reload. All right. All six chambers back. It is the original little insect guy's turn. For the purposes of this current battle map, they have moved off the map, down the street, back from where you guys came from. Oh, Lord. Orin, you're up. Okay. He is going to 
finished coughing and being sick, and then standard action cast a spell, a second level spell. Yeah, I'll just tell you what he's doing. He's casting Iron Skin. Okay. He gives himself a plus four bonus to his natural armor. Uh, he's got a plus one to his natural armor right now because of uh, automatic bonus progression. So he only gets plus three on top of that, right? Yes. Instead of a plus four. Yeah, I think it's dodge bonuses that stack. Yeah. The only ones. Okay. And then he's going to swift action summon a shield. All right. Any movement? Sweet. No. Um, you know what? Yeah, he'll move up 10 feet to be uh, in line with Isla and Skelly. I'm sorry, 15 feet. And then he... Um, he looks to his left. Captain, what do you see? I can't see anything up ahead. There's just tons of people. I don't know what they're running from. All right, end of your turn. It is the bystander's turn. Guys, what do you think we do? I'm kind of confused about this. We wait until the dragon shows up and we take its spinal fluid. <laughs> Honestly, if they all keep running past us, I think that just means we win. Doesn't it feel like one of those games? Once I they're what off those the map, they stop being our problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So these bystanders continue to charge past you guys. Uh, a few more are coming down this direction, but you can tell it looks like people have scattered in different directions. Doesn't look like um, large swaths of people or any big groups are currently still charging down from where they were coming from. They're still stragglers, but it looks as if maybe whatever was chasing people has already come through. Got it. So it's these big things. Why are they running? Top of the round, Isla. I want to get as close to the big guy as possible. Okay. You're going to have to likely double move. Is that okay? Yeah, let's do it. Let's double move. I won't be able to do anything, but whatever. You're able to get right up on it. And I think that's it. Oh, right. I can't attack, right? No, that was a double move. So you're done for the turn. Okay. It is now the Onkeg's turn. They gonna move. The Onkegs at this point are just going to four times run. Uh, seeing that they're not just navigating through a bunch of these humies anymore uh, and being attacked by some of them. Uh, they're trying to obviously get the fuck out of here. So Isla, you will get an attack of opportunity uh, on one of them. So go ahead and roll that. Um, but they will be off the map after they're done. Attack of opportunity. Here I go. 33 to hit. That's a hit. Yay. 20 points of damage. 20 points of damage. It's still up. So these yeah. things charge forward and they're, for the intent of this, they are off the map. Uh, what the F? They can go 80 feet with a full move. Great. Or a full run, I guess. All right. It is the super speedy little guy's turn. These things just take off and they skitter in and out of people. They're super fast. They have extra legs and they're able to create a bunch of force. They have a 40 foot movement speed. So they're able to go 160 feet this round. Jesus. The purpose of this combat, they're off the map. A, you're up. There's nothing in sight, like nothing else. There are people running around. Um, You're not seeing any more of these things coming down the street. A, since she is invisible, will try to go off the map as far as she can go. Back towards where they came from? Yes. Okay, you move through. You're constantly getting ran into by people because yeah, they don't see you. Yeah. Um, you even probably get smacked in the head a couple times by some people as they're running by. Yeah. Um, you can move because you have 30-foot movement speed, so you can run 120 feet. You run that direction, and there's just people scattered. You actually see by the time you get 120 feet over there, there's not a lot of people left on the streets. Like Everyone's scattered off into the buildings, and this street is rather empty. Um, it seems like everybody started running in a direction... From wherever these things came in or came from, they started scattering from that direction, and you guys just caught whoever was running down this street in a panic. Mm-hmm. So there's still people out here, but you don't see anything charging down the street, aside from like some random people running in random directions. They're just panicking and screaming. Some people are like trying to like set up like a makeshift triage to like help some of these people with these weird acid burns, and mm-hmm. some folks that have these horrible like slash marks and these mandible bites across their chests and legs and everything. But off in this direction, you don't see anything immediately that is like, there's more of these things. Okay. So that would be a full round to, yeah, to run course. that far. Yeah. No All right. Yeah. It's end of A's turn. It is the big guy's turn. Um, 
That's me, right? Not the bug? Nah, dude, the bug. Ah. Wrong big guy. (laughs) You pointed at me. No, I pointed at the mini. He's like, I'm the big guy. He went the big guy and he pointed at me. What the hell? I thought I was the big guy around here. Nah, bro, you're at the bottom. Yeah. Big caboose. That's cool because I don't have anything to do. (laughs) This thing is going to withdraw from Isla. Avoid that one threatened square. Oh, shit, wait. Your Swordmaster Flare's still up. That lasts for a minute. Great. Uh, okay, well, it doesn't know that. And it will just withdraw, so it'll avoid the first one, but then because you still have your Swordmaster's Flare, it will get the attack of opportunity. It's not that Yay. smart to put that together, so it will move off the map this turn, but you get one attack. Thanks, GM. <laughs> I fumbled. Fumble. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Well. <laughs> 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 All right, let's see that fumble. Give it to me. Bonk. You are stunned for one round. <laughs> what? Um, Bonk. Fortitude negates. So roll a fortitude save. It's against the AC of the creature. 26. 26. Success. So you are not stunned, uh, nice. but it does move off the map. Okay, bye. So at this point, guys, all these things are charging down the street. The people are kind of like dispersing. Like it's not just an endless drove of folks running down the street. They've like some people run off into alleys or just ran into doors, even if they don't know what that building is. They're just running away. What are you guys doing? These things are charging I, violently down this street. I would like to grab someone that's running by, like grab them so they stop moving. Get their attention. Roll a CMB. 28. 28. Okay. You you grab this like this like younger guy and he's just like, what? 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 Stop. What's going on? This thing showed up. Just, just let me go. I need to see if I need to find my... Where did they come from? Just, I don't know. They just showed up in the streets. I, I need to find my family. Okay. She like lets them go. He just like runs. He scrambles. He like kind of looks at you all scared as you're just, this lady who just grabbed him. He just like tears off like into one of the alleys trying to like get back to where his home is. What the hell is going on? Salai calls out to Oren and Skelly and A even though she can't see her. Orin, Skelly, A, get over here now! We need a dimension door or something. Hurry up! Where are those things even going? Yeah, I'll, I'll run over. Orin will run over to uh, Salai, and uh, he'll swift action enhance his armor as well. Okay, and you guys Skelly all will move over there too. You guys all meet up over there. Percy's gonna load a tangle burn bag into his middle chamber. Okay. What's A doing? A's making her way, but she's. She's like slower than the rest of the group. She's trying to. We'll say she. Yeah. Yeah. We'll say she's able to make her way over. Okay. So, um, Salai is going to use teleport. Okay. Um, first of all, where? Good question. I'm just going to say like, like looking down the street in the direction that they're heading to as, as far down the street as I can see. Okay. If you look straight down the street. Yeah. You can see Maserak. We need to go to the gates. Yeah, I, I would rather us go all the way down there and work away up and yeah. meet them again. Okay. Oh, shit. They're taking over the school. Okay, teleport. So you guys all gather up. Salai begins, like, basically, like, doing these huge arm movements and, like, sketching out this circle, like, in the air, doing these huge things. She's never done this before, and no one's seen her do it before. And she starts sketching out. She starts, like, drawing these runes inside of it, and she takes it. And almost like Tony Stark with some of, like, the hard light hologram stuff, she takes it and, like, slides her hands out in, like, a MacBook gesture. And it slides (laughs) the circle out all around you guys. And you're all able to, like, put your hands on each other. And in a very similar way, but also immensely different than the dimension door you guys have used with her before or with Percy's cloak. You all of a sudden just 
and you feel this kind of like sudden shock of movement and cold. Usually with Dimension Door, you feel yourselves like move through another space and then end up where you are. This, it's almost, it's like Goku in instant transmission, like almost like a backdrop in like a play that just like changes and you're just in a different place. And now we're going to roll on the table for this. Uh Uh-oh. What on the what for what? Teleport has, you have to roll a percentile die to see where you show up. Hell yeah. Oh no. Is this a very familiar or studied carefully? So the categories of familiarity for a place you are teleporting, there is very familiar, studied carefully, seen casually, viewed once, and false destination. Oh, shit. I'm debating somewhere in seen casually or viewed once because you saw it one time, but we'll go with seen casually. Go ahead and roll me a percentile die, Steph. 43. 43 on target. So you guys are able to right at the gates, right in front of where these gates are at the Maserak. You guys are all of a sudden just just there. Like it's just this instantaneous. You are moved at the speed of light just right in front of this place. And you guys can see there are bunches of people that are running this direction. Uh, Some of them are even like trying to like push past the guards and everything to get into the 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 dome. Because I mean, this seems like kind of a safe place, you know? Sure. So people are like pushing past. The guards are like not able to keep all these people uh, in order. Everyone roll a perception check. Salai. 12. Oren. 15 for Oren. Percy. 35. Isla. 17. And A. 29. So Percy and A. As you guys all of a sudden just appear amongst these people, um, this sudden rush from this teleport, you can see all these people going crazy and trying to get to safety. These guards not able to quell uh, whatever confusion and strife they're feeling. You guys hear this very loud... Coming from across the bridge. You guys all whip around and you can see these huge doors across the bridge that enter into the dome. Every time you hear shudder and there's a long pause. And very suddenly these doors get thrown open and this massive insectoid, horrible looking scythe armed creature comes charging out just... And you can hear all the other creatures that are running towards this direction just (laughs) scream back at it. And it just starts (laughs) running across the bridge. We'll see you in episode 20. What the fuck? My God. Mama? Mama? Damn.
Name, Mr. Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>